folks, welcome to Joe Talks, known for the greatest movie ever. Uh, I hope you're all having a great day, no matter where you are in the world. And if you are listening for the first time, thank you so much for joining us. If you're listening for the whatever numbered episode we're on now, thank you for coming back. Uh, if you're not aware already, I'll let you know now, this is a special episode that we're doing um, over the next couple of weeks. And I, I've released one on Monday already with, with Cop Maloney, which is covering this year's Oscars. Um, so stepping aside from the usual episodes that are being released. So today I have Irish playwright and director, the one for Gary Duggan on, and we will be covering Best Adapted Screenplay. The nominees for the Best Adapted Screenplay are Borat and the subsequent movie film, The Father, Nomadland, One Night in Miami and The White Tiger. So myself and Gary discussed the five films and uh, and Gary gave who he believed to be the... who he believed would win. Yeah, there we go, that's proper grammar, I think. Uh, at the very end. Uh, we did <laughs> this is a little bit different in this one compared to all the other ones where I got Gary to rank from his least favourite to his most favourite. Wasn't the best idea uh, for this specific one. So uh, from now on, in this uh, in this special episode that I'm doing, we will just be discussing the movies and then whoever I have on, the guest, will give me who they believe will win at the very end. Also, very special announcement. Next Monday, we will be hosting our very first live show from 7pm Irish time, whatever that is, wherever you live in the world, please look it up. And I'll have uh, guests, uh, Pat Byrne on. Pat was on episode five. You can check that out as well. And I have Jamie McKinley on, who was on episode 10. So please check that out. And who's my last? And Nicole O'Connor, who was episode 12. So check them all out separately. And uh, Connor Burke as well, sorry. Connor will be on for the very first time. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to having them on. And we're going to be breaking down the first uh, first four films, which are Minari. Oh, I should have had my list ready. <laughs> uh, one second, guys. Um, so the first week, we're breaking down Sound of Metal, Mank, Minari, and Promising Young Woman. And then the following week, we'll be breaking down the other, uh, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, The Trial of Chicago 7, and Nomadland. Um, with a couple of different guests on the second week, so make sure to check us out on that. Make sure to follow us on all our social medias, on Joe Talks Pod on Instagram, Joe Talks Pod on Twitter, at Acting Joe on Twitter as well, at Joe Your Own Way on Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can get a live stream of that episode by searching Joe O'Neill. Um, a link to the stream will be in the description of this video, so make sure to check it out. But uh, anyway, on to the wonderful Gary Logan, and thanks so much, guys. But we're here breaking down with the absolutely wonderful uh, playwright, Gary Duggan, with the Best Adapted Screenplay nominations for this year's Oscars, which are uh, Borat, the subsequent movie film, The White Tiger, The Father, uh, there's Borat again, uh, Nomadland, and One Night in Miami. Um, so, Gary, uh, I, you know, this has been a very interesting year for us all being locked down, and it feels finally that we're justified in sitting around just watching films. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've uh, spent a good bit of my year doing that uh, as it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, it's like, I remember the amount of people have said to me that it's like, it's just good to be, you know, it makes me feel good, like, feel like I'm doing a job by watching films. And for me, I'm glad to send that work out to people. Mm. Uh, have my little trainer monkeys around the world uh, doing my bidding for me, watching these mad films from, from across the globe. But uh, I've mentioned the five films that have been nominated for you. First of all, um, was it difficult? putting them in order from fifth to first or did it kind of um, come naturally? 
well, uh, no, I mean, I think uh, just interesting in terms of the t- talking about like watching the films, you know, I mean, normally I would have, uh, I would have watched all these films in the cinema, you know, probably yeah. I would like, I, I would tend to try and catch everything that, um, that's, you know, buzzed about for the Oscars and see it in the cinema, you know, and, and it's kind of been a weird year for watching films because, uh, a lot of the time I've been watching a lot of older films, um, in mm. terms of like, it feels weird to kind of have your first viewing of a film, you know, on your TV at home rather than yeah. living in a nice dark in cinema. So uh, when you uh, asked me about the, the, the sort of Oscar nominated ones, I was kind of going, I kind of have to go out my way to watch these now because I haven't I haven't organically kind of like, you know, yeah. started watching them in the cinema that I would normally. So um, I did watch them all in a run, as I'm sure you were the same as well. Yeah, like, you know, very much so. Went, okay, it's a bit of homework now in, in a way. And uh, But I was pleasantly surprised because, I mean, I think actually it's a really strong year, you know, mm. in terms of in terms of the, just the, the films that have been nominated for the Oscars this year. And I don't think that's always the case, to be honest, because... Yeah. Um, I, I I felt like uh, this year we kind of had a sort of different films coming to the fore, like we, like mm. in terms of uh, like normally you'd have like kind of the big big Oscar movies that are kind of like mooted around for quite a while. I think there's a lot more kind of indie movies kind of nominated mm. uh, this year, so that was kind of that was fairly cool to have a look at. Them. I mean, this is quite a nice bunch. Um, I, I I obviously found something to to like in all of them. Um, mm. I, I would say also maybe in the five of them. Um, they're not uh, like they wouldn't necessarily be my particular favorite films of the year, which, but that often tends to happen with the Oscars. Like that, there's a particular type of Oscar movie, and then there's like the movies that you know you might yeah. count, count as your favorite movies of the year, which are yeah. not always the same. Um, so having said that, like uh, I, I'd say with these, I mean, do you want me to give the top five? Like it, no, you know, no, 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 no. We'll we'll go we'll go fifth to first. Um, and very much, I am so excited for this because. For me, like, um, what I think you made, you're spot on with the point you made, first of all, yeah. in that it's, I feel like this is the most open year. And genuinely, I don't know if it's because I'm so busy, because obviously, like you said, you you have been watching older films. And for me, I've been watching nonstop older film shoots of the regular programming on my podcast. Yeah. But I genuinely had no idea what the buzz was for any of these films. I still don't even know what the favorite is to win, which is kind of great because I'm able to watch it without any real expectation other than knowing that this is going to be a good film. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So like with the, um, with with the the five that are nominated for me, like, and there's such a wide variety here, and as well what you were saying with more indie uh, more indie films being seen, I think that's because they're not having to get them out to cinemas that they can be on Netflix, they can be on these streaming platforms that people yeah. can kind of hunt for them rather than, and it it kind of takes away from the marketing budget that they would need to be even seen. Well, I think so, it's the marketing; they're kind of the space for them, you know, because normally, yeah. like you know, there's been no like there's been almost like no kind of blockbuster films because they, they just didn't want to release them, you know, or the ones that they did uh, release, there were a few and far between, like you know, online. Uh, Tenet. Uh, Tenet and Wonder Woman and stuff like that, but like it means yeah. that like the actual indie films, which obviously there's there's always indie films and mm. kind of like you know smaller dramas and stuff coming out every year, but they kind of get like like swamped by you know your Batman's or Superman's yeah. or whatever, like you know big blockbusters. Yeah. So in a year where there was no like almost no blockbusters, like uh, th- that smaller movie kind of could get a little bit more attention, you know. Um, yeah. And I think that that's that's like like that 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 was that was really interesting. I think the, the knock on effect of that is that like a lot of the films that were new movies, a lot of them tended to be quite cl- either like grim or like kind of like heavy oh, subject matter God. because they're they're the <laughs> they're the films that like you know they're not gonna hold them back for the cinema that like released they're kind of gone. Okay, well, this is going to be a bit of a, a little bit of a tough sell at any time of the year. So let's yeah. just put them out, like you know, and uh, and see if they if they if they have a chance of like surviving in the, in in this sort of reduced marketplace, you know. Yeah. So um, it was like uh, 
like 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 that, that that's the and it's sort of ref- reflected in these five to to a degree mm. like you know we've got a couple of a couple of he- well heavy emotional ones you know in there um and uh yeah you were saying with the favorite i like I, if, if we're gonna go start off like that sort of five to one kind of scenario i'd actually i would say like as i say i would actually kind of go with nomadland at like uh fifth um oh okay so yeah. we're going straight. okay that's not what i i well i'm not too surprised let me i just have a couple of fun facts and then we we can get stuck yeah in yeah 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 uh well fun facts i say uh yeah nomadland um the nominated person in this is uh chloe zhao um, and also in the set in the Oscars this year is also nominated. Uh, Chloe's nominated. Chloe Zhao was nominated uh, as best director and for best film editing. She literally did everything, and of course, best adapted screenplay. And um, the film is also nominated for best picture, of course, and for best actress for Frances McDormand and best cinematography Joshua James Richards. Um, uh, Nomadland is adapted from Nomadland, Surviving America in the Twenty First Century is a t- and it's a twenty. 20- it's a 2017 nonfiction book by American journalist uh, Jessica Brunder about the phenomenon of older Americans who, following the Great, Reces- Great Recession, adopted a transient lifestyle traveling around the United States in search of seasonal work. Uh, the book was named Notable Book by the New York Times, was a finalist for the J. Anthony Lucas Prize and the Helen Bernstein Book Award, and won the Barnes & Noble Discover Great New Writers Award. And it's uh, as it being fifth so far, it actually only won one um, award so far in all the other ceremonies. Uh, it won the Critics' Choice Award for Best Script. So it has been doing too great in that regard. But uh, yeah. I'm, okay, I'm very interested because what you're saying, there's such a huge... Um, well, I think I was going to say say about that, like, I mean, like, you know, like, uh, this, like, rating them is, is not... I wasn't... I actually was kind of... Like, uh, like you, you took me slightly by surprise there in terms of rating them in order. But, uh, like, in terms of thinking of them, thinking of them in terms of just, like, my kind of engagement with them or how much I enjoyed them or how much mm. I was I was kind of moved by them... I thought I had the had the trickiest thing with Nomad Land, and I think again going back to what I said there a moment ago about like normally seeing these in the cinema, mm. I think Nomad Land would really benefit from having seen it in the cinema, you know, because it's that sort of, um, you, you know, like a lot of scenery and a lot of kind of mm. meditative sort of pacing to it, where like in, which is a lot easier to get into when you're watching it like in a darkened cinema and you've got no other distractions and you're kind exactly. of tuned into the sort of pace and the mood of it. And I think this film is is a film that really kind of needs that and kind of asks that of the viewer, you know, it's it, that, that one in particular, I kind of was had a bit of, a bit of trouble with in terms of watching at home and just kind of like in my living room and, and, and sticking it on and kind of trying to get sucked into it. Now, I mean, as I, say, I think I'm going to mention that with a few of the films in terms of like how mm. the viewing experience kind of impacted my kind of take on it, you know? Um, so like Nomadland, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a uh, like as 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 with all five it is it's like it is it is a brilliant movie so me mentioning it sort of as a, as my fifth pick or whatever you want to describe it is, is, <laughs> is no is no real knock on it you know yeah. I think it's more just a, it's more a taste thing really than 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 Ant said about the quality of it yeah um it it's like so yeah it's based on a nonfiction book and it has a, I, I didn't I didn't know the book beforehand um and uh, but I had I had, I had heard a fair bit about the movie because I think you mentioned not really knowing what the favorites are I think Nomadland mm. is actually one of the one of the, the favorites really um yeah. for for a number of uh, categories um and I, and I would be a fan of Frances McDormand as well like so I, I, I do quite like her as a, as an actress she's been in some great movies and she kind of um it seems like she's she's really uh played a part in bringing this to the screen as well like she actually uh produced it as well. uh, yeah she produced it and, and she i think she brought the director on so it was kind mm. of like like she was kind of linked to it before the director even 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 was attached um and uh 
I think the the reason to say that it didn't didn't connect with me quite as much as some of the other ones was that the fact that it, like it, it, it had that sort of like um, slice of life quality, you know, and it's mm. it, like it. It, it it doesn't really have a particularly strong plot or like or like sort of storyline you're basically watching the main character go through a period of her life and and seeing things happening and transitioning through a lot of different um places and a lot of different like jobs and it's it, it's 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 reasonably bleak you know it's shown you a side of america that you, you don't get to see that often mm. but like obviously really strikes you as certainly a massively real part of the country you know um so so some of those elements like where uh you, you know i mean I, like I have, I have an interest in all that and i have an interest in sort of character studies like which is mm. this is very much like it's kind of following Frances mcdormand she's in basically every scene and, and 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 she's moving through like a whole landscape of like you know different seasons different jobs different places um and it's always kind of played on her face or her kind of like um her, her her view of the world you know within within these different locations um it had a strange thing like like it's funny i kind of have a note here like compare, comparing it to borash you know and i think that's kind of bizarre <laughs> bizarre thing oh to say initially, but like barely a second like you know like so like, okay. like but like borat like uh when we get into talking about borat like i mean like it, it's kind of covering it's, it's kind of covering like the same like sort of regions of america you know it's kind of like the underbelly and the kind of like the the bottom of the American dream and kind of like mm. the sort of like the, the, the rougher parts of the, of the country and the kind of like rougher parts of the people. And then the particular thing that kind of struck me about Nomadland and comparison to that was, you know, in Borash, we have like, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen and uh, the actress playing his daughter and, and like they're basically playing characters, but they're interacting quite a bit with like, you know, real people and, 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 and people who are kind of, you know, uh, not necessarily acting, you know, they're kind of just like responding to these crazy characters. And when you look into the way Nomadland was made, it, it, it's actually very similar in, in that you have Frances McDormand, obviously a well-known actress, like, you know, mm. been nominated, won awards for, and then the supporting party, David Strathairn, who's another kind of yeah. well-known, well-known sort of character, character actor. Yeah. But, but apart from those two actors, almost everyone in the movie is, is a real person. And, and they're, in fact, using their real names as well. Like, you know, and, and in wow. some cases, they're, it's, their, it's their own, like, lives that they're, that they're using as material, you know. Um, mm. Like, quite a few of the characters that pop up in Nomadland are, are the real people going about their real lives. And in some cases, a bit like the way Borat was made, like, they didn't have... Um, they weren't they weren't really aware like, like there's a guy there's a guy who pops up in nomadland uh called bob wells who, who who's like kind of like a sort of a a, a sort of mentor oh, or guru yes. for this yeah. for this kind of lifestyle which is the, the the sort of like living out of a van kind of a, a kind mm. of a nomad nomadic sort of existence and he he's obviously a real person and, and he has kind of like you know put out this kind of like uh, like like he does talks and all that sort of thing on um on this lifestyle and how to how to go about it, and he's basically he's playing himself in the movie. And uh, does does uh, some of the research just when I was reading about it after I'd watched it, like like he for in, in some of his scenes with Frances McDormand, he wasn't aware that she was an actress. Like he he was in, engaging with her as if it was a documentary, and as if like what she was t- telling him was absolutely true, you know. And uh, and, and 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 some of the scenes were done in that way, where like you know, Frances McDormand would would kind of be in character for like the yeah. shooting of it. She she was living out of the van for uh, herself for a big chunk of it, doing a lot of the jobs, a lot of the driving, all that sort of stuff herself. So it has it has this documentary style where you're 
where you're basically it, it, like she's an actress, but like you're following her around as if she's a real person. And a lot mm. of people that she's interacting with are the real people in those real uh, environments. So it, it was it's a, it's a funny one. Like, you know, when you're looking at it from from a scripting point of view as, as kind of like I would, I would. And then also from, um, you know, in, in relation to the, the, the best adapted screenplay as, as, as the award, it's kind of a strange one because it has has more of the air of a documentary than it does yeah. of, of, a, of a sort of written piece. And that's why I'd kind of compare it to Borat, you know, yeah. around that way. <laughs> so like, like totally, so totally different tones and totally yeah. different sort of like feelings you get from watching the two movies. But, <laughs> but actually kind of in the, in the format, there, there are, there is a lot of similarities, you know, and um, yeah, I think we'll get into that when we talk about Borat, I guess, like, you know, how you yeah. feel about that sort of style of, of, of making the film. So, um, that, that, so, so that, yeah, that, I thought that was an interesting to compare to. Um, that, yeah, that's so interesting. So I actually didn't realize that the majority, the majority of the cast were actually real people, um, outside yeah. of like the actual performance scenes. I, I completely, sorry, you're talking from there. And then with, cause I was, I felt in this film, I'm trying to think now, but I felt across the board, this did feel the most, and I, I don't mean genuine as in, I didn't get emotions off the other one, but it felt the most real. Yeah. say I felt like. I would kind of even thinking like, where do they get all these people? How do they do all the setup in the back of my mind? And I, I felt such authentic, authenticity from this film. Yeah. And what I loved as well from it was, like, like you said, I completely agree with everything you're saying about this needs to be in cinema. And the people wouldn't really get that because it's it's a very smaller film. You think it's something you can enjoy at home. But like, there's so much of like the beauty of America at this show as well. Um, kind of contrast with like um, with shots of just the the lives they are living and whether it's the life people want to live, which seemingly a lot of them are happy enough to do, compared to us looking at it kind of going like this is crazy that people can live with that, or a lot of people would think like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and like I loved the when after her friend passed away, I can't. She had a funny nickname. Um, yeah, like it's Stephanie or something like that. Like yeah, yeah. yeah when she when she was basically when you kind of felt that their lives were disposable as well at some way like what happens when they go because they've mm. no one left you know um I, and like even on that one like like again yeah. i haven't i didn't i didn't read up on the on the on the exact instances but like i actually think that that person did actually pass away like and, and like you know when because there's, there's a sequence in there where they where they go to her kind of um her, her her kind of memorial service mm. and all. i think that was actually a real a real uh instance you know like it's it's it, it, it's it's very much like uh, blurring the lines between mm. uh, between reality and, and and drama, you know. And I think, you know, that's that is that like I totally agree with you. Like it is definitely the most realistic of the of the mm. five that we're talking about, and um, and and that is really impressive. Like you you, you know when 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 you see that, I mean, it's it, it's 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 an interesting one in terms of like uh, like you mentioned like like seeing it in the cinema. I mean, part of the reason that I would say like a film like this, I would prefer to see in the cinema. It's not so much about like necessarily the scope and the visuals and all that, and that does help. But it's kind of the headspace that you get into watching a film like this, where you, yeah. you like you, you know like like it, it's there's not a lot of there's not an awful lot of dialogue in it. There's a lot of kind of um, uh, as you say, sort of scenery shots. There's a lot of mm. kind of watching behavior, you know. Mm. And sometimes that can be that can be difficult to kind of uh, I find personally to watch that like you know over a long period of time on on TV at home and you got all your distractions around you. And I think that, like, if I if I if I know a film like you know has been well regarded and and kind of has a lot of um, uh, like what they call sometimes it's called like a deliberate pace. If I hear that, oh, it's got a very deliberate pace, which tends to mean either it's like it's a little bit boring or it's a little bit slow. Um, <laughs> well, I'm kind of going well, like I don't discount it immediately when I hear that, mm, but I, mm. I do go and go. Oh, well, I think I kind of want to see that in the cinema because, like, the chances are. 
I'd be able to to tune into that sort of headspace yeah. a little bit easier in a in a darkened cinema, you know. And um, so I, I I think you know there was there was definitely an aspect of like I might have engaged this a lot more if I had seen it that way, you know. I think I think mm. I think it, uh, it, it it had a disservice to it, like the way I, in the way I watched it, you know. Um, so that's yeah. kind of why I've 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 put it a little bit lower in the rating than 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 maybe it would would have been people's thoughts. But yeah, um, but, but that's absolutely fair enough. And uh, before we move on to your fourth choice, um, what would be your standout moment or standout scene from this film? Um, I mean, there was, uh, there was, uh, like, I mean, it's it's funny because, like, like the, the sort of stuff that I did like more in it was was the sort of relationship between Francis McDormand and 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 David Strathairn, you know, mm-hmm. and that's because like they're the two actors, and uh, kind of like it's weird, like sometimes you can kind of engage more with the uh, i personally could engage more with the actors acting rather than the actors acting with the real real people which i sometimes mm. watch with it my head is a bit like kind of oh, a, bit, a bit cringy at this now that i'm kind of watching this like it's like do, 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 is the person in on this are they being themselves are they you know what i mean now I didn't, yeah. I didn't particularly watch it with that in mind but but therefore the stuff that i was more i was more moved by it was more about the relationship between them um, between uh the two actors like you know yeah. uh, and uh and I'd like to, there was, so there's a whole, there's a whole sort of story where she's trying to, she's trying to convince him to kind of reconnect with his son. Mm. And, uh, and, and he's, <laughs> the son in the film is actually the actor's son as well. I don't really Oh that my afterwards. God. This so is... many things like that. You know? <laughs> um, so, so, and then, so that eventually, the, the, like, I mean, we're not really we're talking kind of spoilers, but not really spoilers in the film like this. Like, um, yeah. The, like he he sort of the, the David Strathairn the, the sort of friend that she's kind of prefer, the guy that she's kind of befriended on the road he he decides to reconnect with his son and and his son invites him to stay uh, you know to kind of settle down uh, like mm-hmm. you know and, and reconnect with him and uh, and the David Strathairn character invites uh, Francis McDormand's character to kind of also like settle down he's kind of, you, you kind of get a sense that he's he's kind of fallen for her, he has feelings for her, and and you get a sense she has for him too but. She's still kind of mourning her 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 dead husband. That that's which kind of kicks off the story. Um. So yeah, I, I, I had that 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 moment of like her deciding not to stay with him and to kind of move on. It was one of those things where I was like kind of going, "Wow, I'm kind of frustrated and moved by this because I kind of get her reasons why, and at the same time, I I really want her to <laughs> settle down yeah, with this guy yeah. just because it's like it seems like she's been offered something that's really that's really a lot more positive than what she is experiencing on a day-to-day basis. Like, you know, and, uh, and she, she turns it down. So, I mean, that was, that was probably the, the, the most memorable moment for me watching the film. I mean, it's kind of, it's not quite, it's not quite the end of the film, but it's kind of like, it's, it's getting towards, towards mm-hmm. the sort of latter part of it. Um, I, yeah, I'd say, so I'd say that's probably, probably a better moment for me anyway. Um, yeah. How about you? Did you have a, did you have a particular moment that jumped out? Is it like, Oh, I think the scene where um, her, I, I, it's going to annoy me so much because it's a very memorable nickname that she has um, where she t- tells her that she's basically going to die and um, she didn't want to yeah. spend her last her last few months and it's kind of like a it's not the most unique thing you'll ever see in cinema someone telling someone else they're going to die but it's in in when you said that you believe that to be real and everything that you're saying about like the, the production of this leads me to believe the same thing for me like that is like it's kind of even got me now thinking back on it because there was some, again, there was something I was hooked in at that moment. And even though, the first, like we were talking about the frustration of watching it at home, because it's so much easier to, on the slower scene, to kind of like, oh, well, I check my phone, you know, which I try to do is not to do. But like sometimes your mind just kind of wanders or whatever. Um, but in that, I, I was yeah. hooked for the entirety. And, and then when she 
eventually when she took the I think it was at at the bats I think it was or or um, the birds that were flying out of the, the wall um, when she took mm. that video you're like oh well she's she like when she knew that she was going to die it's like those two moments for yeah. me just just sucked me in and I re- like your moment is slightly more positive this mo- movie doesn't have a lot of very positive things <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why people seem to love it so much but like for me that that would be the the moment that, that sucked me in yeah um, Sw- swanky was her name I just said it swanky swanky that's it yeah. what a great name what a great name yeah, yeah. there's not there, yeah there's not many like really upbeat and positive <laughs> films in this in this category um, yeah. But I think that I think that's the most depressing off the top of my head. But um, I, I might be yeah. wrong. But I, anyway, oh, it's definitely not actually. Yeah, yeah, it depends. It depends on how it is depressing, <laughs> or like, yeah, like or the subject matter, or, or how do you feel after watching it? Yeah, um, I think um, just just before we move on from that one, I just like I mean, mm. it, like I thought, like it's interesting that like uh, your own Chloe Zhao is up for editing as well. So like, mm. like it's it's very rare that you have like the director who's also like the editor, like and um and certainly nominated for for director and editor. The Coen brothers thought, really, like, that, that's it. Like yeah, I thought that that was like really um like it, it's a beautifully it was beautifully made and shot and edited all that sort of like the technical side of it and like you say the reality of it and just what you actually get to see of america like it's it's a, it's, a, it's it's a different view than you would normally get in cinema you yeah. know and i think that 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 so all those sort of things were, were really the positives i'm interested yeah. like um just like in yeah. in, in france mcdormand's performance though you know she's nominated for best actress i think she might be the front runner but like there's like kind of um there's like a really really strong year for for, yeah. for uh, best actresses this year, and um, I guess this one like I have a, like I have an issue with like the, these like sort of performances which are mostly kind of behavioral, you know, where mm. like 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 I think people really connect them. I mean, it's kind of like um, it's a bit like uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio getting nominated for uh, for for what was the one that the Reverend Reverend yeah, Reverend yeah. when he won, yeah, oh the Reverend, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was going, that's not my favorite performance of him at all, and it's because it's like, he's mainly just been you know putting up with like punishment, and I kind of felt just quite a lot of that with Francis yeah. Thomas' character, and this is it's like it's it's like she's she's basically experiencing like you know like kind of fairly reasonably miserable kind of existence for the entire movie, and 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 kind of. The power of it is that she's just either just rolling with it and continuing, which is basically what this film is saying, I think, in a way. But um, I, f- I find that like I find that kind of draining to watch. You know, I was like kind of yep. going like, like 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 in terms of you know like a sort of a, like a like a bleak movie. Like you, you know, I want to have a bit more degrees to the to the to, to where it goes rather than kind of a flat line of like steady yeah. bleakness all the way through. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and that's fair. <laughs> and that's absolutely fair. And I think I agree with you on that point as well. I actually think at the moment, um, Carrie Mulligan is favourite. Right. To, okay. um, I seen that I, yeah, on one poll, it was up when I was looking at the nominations for one that I saw that she was in the corner of my eye that she was she's favourite for Promising Young Woman. But I, I, okay. I've been hearing a lot about it being Frances McDormand as well. But I would agree with you as well. Like what you put your body through. It's like um, what you call it. On cinematography, um, I can't uh, for for the Revenant actually that one best cinematography, even though he just used natural light for the entirety. Mm. Of the, um, and I'm like, is that really? And and I know uh, what's his name, uh, Stanley Kubrick did the same in what's the one that was filmed here, uh, Barry Lyndon. Barry Lyndon, yeah, because that was all natural light as well. And mm. it's like, do you get extra points for kind of doing it, um, <laughs> doing it, doing it like in a in a different way? I guess, or, or making yourself a glutton for punishment. Um, I guess one would say one, one would say the other, but I prefer, I would be the same as you. I think I prefer like, prefer like a performance, I guess, rather mm. than what's the worst thing I can do to myself. 
And yeah, yeah, there's a little bit. Of that. I mean, I think you know, like uh, I'll definitely, I'll definitely give it a rewatch at some stage. I mean, particularly if we get back into the cinemas at some stage, and it's, mm. if it's on in the cinema, I would actually watch it again. Like you know, because I think the fact that it didn't really connect with me as much as a lot of people are really responding to mm. it, I, I would make me want to at least give it a second go. Like you know, but um, absolutely. But yeah, that's that's I guess that, that that's number five. That's number five. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dark um, and depressing out of the way. But number four. Yeah, um, so I'm kind of floating, floating. Let's see number four. Okay, uh, let's go Borat for number four then. Borat! Ah, that's what I was looking forward to as it was the only one with a bit of levity, even though it's yeah, fierce yeah, yeah. dark as well. Yeah, uh, but, okay. but yeah, uh, Borat is uh, Borat, a subsequent movie film, is also nominated as well as for being uh, Best Adapted Screenplay, is also nominated uh, Best Supporting Actress for Martina Bakalova. Um, and the people who were nominated for Best Screenplay on this are Sasha Bar Cohen, Anthony Hines, uh, Dan Swimmer, uh, Peter Bayhem, uh, Erica Rivanoja, Dan Mazer, Gina Friedman, Lee Kern, Nina Petrad, and, and that's them all. Um, and it was it's uh, it's a sequel from the 2006 uh, epic masterpiece, which is of course Borat, uh, the first film. And it uh, the only thing it won was the Writers Guild of America uh, was the only thing it won for Best Script. Um, yeah. Uh, first of all, what I'm confused about is I don't understand how it can be. In a, is it because it's adapted from television? Because it's an yeah. original story. Is that why it's adapted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's. I think it's. I think the thing is any material. Do you know what I mean? So it's ever been seen so, before. So like, I had, like it's it's like it's a character from something else. You know, or like um, mm. it doesn't necessarily matter if it's a new story or a new thing. So okay, think, it's funny because like looking at that, like like cause I, I did a bit of, a bit of the research on Bora as well. Like that, I, yeah. I mean, kind of given given it a bit of support. I was surprised that the original film was uh, was also nominated yes. for the same award. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was like nominated for Golden Globe, and he won it for mm. the both films. Like he's he, he like like uh, the Golden Globes have like that division between comedy, comedy and drama. Yeah, so there's yeah. more tends to be more awards. Like so, if you if you're in a comedy, you have a chance to yeah, win, more you, musical. You normally, you normally wouldn't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so I was because like I mean I enjoyed Borat. I think it's like I think there's some of the, some great stuff in it. And then you kind of go, I, I never would have considered them as kind of like a like award winning or, 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 or like things like you know. And it's like oh, Jesus, the actual original Borat was 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 fairly heavily nominated. You, you know, during yeah. the type of movie it was. Um, and do I know a fun fact, which is actually mad? Uh, there's only been two sequels that have both been nominated at Oscars: <laughs> The Godfather and this, The Godfather and this. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant! I love That's it. Hilarious. I absolutely love it. And and Sasha Baron Cohen has been multiple. Like this is his what? Now he's been nominated three times. Oh, wow. oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, That's actually he's been nominated for Borat, uh, for thousand six, and for this one. But also he's nominated for best supporting actor for um for Trial of Chicago. Yeah. yeah, um this year as well. Which is yeah, awesome. yeah, it's crazy. Like uh, obviously super talented guy. I mean, and the interesting thing. I mean, like this one. um like so, so bar. I mean, it was it was interesting because, like, I mean, I actually I didn't see this when it came out. It was a, a couple yeah, of months right. before the um before the, the 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 election and stuff, and it was mm. it, it was out like they were making it, and obviously it was out during pandemic, and obviously we're still in the pandemic. But um, it's kind of one of the first films I've seen that's kind of been set in, in during yeah. the pandemic and made. And Joe, Joe, what I think is fascinating because I I only watched this um, a couple of weeks ago as well, or whenever very recently, is that. I was like, this must have been like, they must have had the bones of a story and then went, oh, we can just add this in. But then when I actually finished, because as I was thinking about it, because so much of it is including the, the the COVID, and then I was like, no, they, they, I think they genuinely were like, we can do something here. Do you know, we mm. can, yeah, there's there's a there's a thing for, I say they wrote this 
between the whatever seven of them over about a week yeah. uh, like and managed and i think that in a positive way because i do think it's a ve- it's a very well told story and also how they brought um martina barkalova in like authentically and made her feel like she's naturally part of the story rather than you know here's borat psychic it actually elevated yeah. the story i felt and made it made it different from from the original one um and some say whatever about sequels especially comedies but like for me i think it the dynamic actually really enhanced the the movie experience and mm-hmm. they and it was actually a proper plot to it rather than let's have borat do funny things there was a real story that was going on and like real sort of heroism at the end like a real character change uh, yeah, yeah. And you're like, yeah, this is a great job, actually. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it was interesting because, like, I mean, the, 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 the original. I haven't, I haven't revisited the, the first film like since it was in the yeah. cinema. I think uh, maybe, maybe I've seen it maybe one more time after it was saw it in the cinema originally. So I couldn't believe it's like 14, 14 year gap between yeah. the two. Fifteen. But um, he's done like um, he's done a couple of series and stuff, and and like he had like a couple of years ago, he had this the HBO show Who Is America, which was like That's kind right. of had some similarities to this, like in ter- in terms of the. So yeah, like it's 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 that weird mix of like this actually is quite well structured when you watch the whole film, you know, as you mentioned there, mm-hmm. you know, and there is there is a journey with the relationship between between Bora and Chutar, I think is <laughs> sorry, sorry, his daughter's name, <laughs> and like that's that is actually like like one of the better elements of it, I thought, and like it, it is interesting that like um like like she steals the show completely, and he oh kind of he kind of like pushes her forward to do that, like do you know what I mean? Like Bora yeah. is actually you know like like i would say if you have like about like 10 really funny moments like he's only in about like two of them yeah, <laughs> so like she's, yeah. she's like completely the the the, the, the star but, of the show, but like. also a lot of them he's not actually playing the only time he's really playing borat is when he's with her and it's like a stage scene do you know what i mean yeah and then when he's out in the public he's playing borat playing someone else yes yeah yeah you know that, that's, that's why i was kind of comparing to his who is america thing because obviously yeah he, he like the character got so well known that he he actually can't really do it in public or yeah. like you know anymore because people just know instantly what's going on. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, so a couple of like a couple of interesting things like about this that uh, like like oh I was going to say like so I hadn't I hadn't seen the original since the cinema and this is another yeah. case I'm just going to mention the cinema thing again because like mm. in terms of um like comedies and horrors are the ones that people say you you kind of benefit most from watching in the cinema with a crowd you know mm. and uh, I think a lot of the reviews of this at the time when it came out kind of mentioned some of them were mentioned that you know they're sort of saying like is this actually less funny than the original film or is it less funny because i'm not watching it with a crowd i'm watching yeah. it you know on my own or with one or two other people in my house i think that that does actually have a, that is interesting to think about like you know because like, mm. like uh, it's like like a you know comedy sort of like stand-up comedy show i mean oh, yeah. is it as funny in a, in a room as as it is when you're you know watching it recorded on tv later like just or like you know, if you if, if you watch yeah. someone doing stand up without a crowd, you know, <laughs> as people probably oh. have in the last year, like, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like how how difficult is that? So Cause I, cause, I actually cause... watching this one, like I hadn't um I hadn't I hadn't watched it when it came out. As I said, like it was out in what like was it mid summer? I don't know. It was, it was sort of uh, like it was a September. bit later. It was about, I think it was September, no, I think, yeah, September October around that time. Yeah, yeah. Um and uh, didn't didn't watch it at the time. I wanted to watch it, didn't didn't get didn't get around to it at the time. And uh, when I did like watch it there like a couple a week or two ago, um, I I basically asked a friend of mine who because uh, I don't actually have Amazon, you know, which is where what it was what it was shown on. So yeah. I asked a friend if I could, I could drop around and watch it, watch it uh, like with him. And uh, so the two of us watched it. Now he'd actually already watched it like you know yeah. earlier in the year when it came out. Yeah, and he said that was much funnier. Like second time around. <laughs> 
like, is it about the company watching the film or is it about the film? Like, was the film not funny or was I funny laughing? Because like, yeah, two of us are more likely to laugh at stuff. Like, you know, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It's a, it's a weird. But you, weird but phenomenon. you make you make a great point in that as well because I was thinking because I was watching, I was like, this is really good. Like, because I was people for about a week or so were were somewhat maybe lauding it. I like I can't even kind of remember it came out and then it was gone. Do you know what I mean from Lexicon? Mm. And then I remember the other one was such a phenomenon for years after it came out. And then I was watching it. I was like, why? And then I was like, it's literally because um, there's no one to like spread the word. There's no real word about because who are you going to tell? Like it was from like going to see with friends. You tell other people you're, you, mm. you're in your, your social group and it spreads that way. But like you're, who are you going home? You're going home to tell no one or your family or whoever's with you. But like it doesn't spread as quickly, even that. And, you, and like the same thing, you're probably not going to find it as funny when you're on your own. And then generally, I remember hearing the thing about you're not laughing at something because you're not laughing at a memory. You're laughing at the last time you remembered it. I think that's mm. what it's something like that. So like, you're not laughing at Borat, the first one you're laughing at, remembering it, laughing with a friend, if that makes mm, sense. Mm. Right, so yeah, like, there's definitely yeah. something about that. That's what I was kind of bringing up. And like, um, like, it's like, it's kind of like, I mean, I watched, I remember watching his, like the, who was America show, you know, which had mm. some similar sketches, like, you know, in terms of like, Oh, well, we're going to, we're going to do it. Like, like what was different, what was similar about that was, the sketches were kind of linked on, like, you know, okay, we're going to go into this guy and we're going to pretend now that, like, you know, we're going to talk to someone who's, like, anti-abortion and we're going to ask them for abortion, something like that. They had a, they had basically, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a subject of the sketch. And, like, yeah. that, th- those sketches are good, like, you know, you, like, you get about five minutes and it's like, you know, you kind of go, okay, well, that's cool, that's funny. And, like, yeah, there's a couple of outrageous moments. But then you can't really sustain that for, for like, what, an hour and a half movie. Like, mm-hmm. the, you do need to have the plot, like, and this... I think that's what this did did well in that, like, you know, if I had just been a series of, like, kind of sketches, like, kind of jackass style, like, you know, and I can say I can't really remember. The first one had a kind of plot as well. Like, I think, you know, there wasn't this, I can't kind remember of, what yeah. the, but it, but it was a little bit more like a series of, like, sort of, you know, like, sketches or, like, or like kind yeah. of, like, shock moments, a bit more jackassy kind of a vibe to it. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, you know, maybe sort of the first half of this, sequel is is a bit like that where it's like okay well here's this bit where he where he tries to you know get it get it close to to pence and stuff like that and yes. you have these kind of set set piece kind of sketches yeah. um the guy with the uh, with the 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 fax machine and kind of like you know kind that of i thought that was Sup. that was that, that. <laughs> <laughs> like but but all these stuff like you know if it had just been these kind of little sort of five minute like like sort of sketches are like once yeah like i think you're like Theme and I think like they 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 seem to have learned from like you know that series and also from the mm. previous film that like you know you need to have the hanging on and like so that this sort of relationship between Bora and his daughter and like you know her kind of I mean she's got a great journey I mean she's basically going from like kind yeah. of like you know this little feral child in the uh, locked in the, <laughs> where she's in the in the shed to, to like you know being this kind of emancipated woman who's like you, you know empowered and kind of like you yeah. know, being a journalist at the end and you're kind of going, okay well that's a complete crazy arc for her but then also <laughs> just to, you know to kind of learn so i mean obviously it's it, it's like a sort of broad strokes arc but it, it is well structured you know yeah think, considering the world they live in like yeah yeah i think i, I think yeah. i think that's actually what was the strength of this and, and like um i think you know the fact that they were able to kind of like step back and let let let, let her character be the kind of main character that like mm. that has like and then like she just went I said you you said they kind of wrote it in a week. I mean, like like I, 
I'd say that is the case. I mean, these sort of things, obviously, it's coming out of improvisation. I'm sure they had like yeah. a very, a very kind of a loose structure, but yeah, stuff like that, like where it's a story, like seems to, like I, I'd say, I'd, I'd say that 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 kind of evolved on based on mm. the relationship that they had, like or the, the banter they had as as the two characters, and then and then you know, by the time they're into the kind of like maybe the second half of the shooting of it, they're they're, they're starting to go, oh no, we've got we've got a kind of a, a nice journey here for these, you know, and then leaning into it. Because there was, I'm telling you what the actual moment was, where there was a really nice moment where you're kind of going, ah, oh, here's the, here's the relationship really clicking into into place here now, and 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 it's like any any kind of a good drama or comedy, like where yeah. where the story is really working, and it's not necessarily like you can have all the funny crazy moments, but then mm. like the story doesn't work, kind of going, ah, I'll, I'll forget about it a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, but, for me, um, yeah. Uh, when he, when he brings her in from the ca- like, this is a mad sentence to say with like a smile on your face, but when he brings her in from the cage. <laughs> and allows and allows her to sleep in whatever they were sleeping in. I'm like, that was oh, probably it actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's a good dad. But like, yeah. what what made me think that that like the amount of like how good this was was um when when he realized that it was up to them to spread. They spread COVID. They did it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and when they had that amazing Tom Hanks cameo. Yeah. Do you know, right, right. Not, I didn't, I, that, that wasn't spoiled for me, so that was actually a surprise. When oh my god, I had no idea. Yeah, I had yeah, no yeah. idea when when he was just and then he and just, just pops on him. Some... <laughs> <laughs> and I do it again. I do it again. Yeah. Oh, so good, so good. Yeah, but um, and would you say that she's uh, legit? Like, obviously, aside from Miss Ward, do you think she's legitimately uh, up for um, uh, best supporting actress? Do you think that she earned that? I, I think it's I think it's fun like you know I mean like I meant to say it to you like you know in terms of like your relationship with the Oscars and what you think of like what gets nominated and what wins and what like mm. I mean I, I think I mean sometimes the supporting actors uh, uh, awards are more interesting than the main yeah. the main acting ones you know like I mean like oftentimes the the, the performances that you, you really remember or you really connect to it are the ones that win best supporting because they tend to be a little bit more adventurous you know yeah I think I think a lot right. of the main ones tend to be you know who suffered the most, who who like, can transforms themselves the most, yeah. all that sort of stuff. And it's like you're not actually, you know, and sometimes you're not actually, I think, gauging the performance. So like to have someone be nominated for a comedy is really rare these days. And I think mm. that's like, uh, like I think that that's that's a I think that's an, an issue. Like you know, it's like when the same thing when they when they have like kind of people nominated for like genre films, like like you know, remember it was like. Memorably, uh, Scorny Weaver getting nominated for Aliens was really unusual. That's right, yeah. That's like that's like it is a really great performance and holds the whole movie together. And I think like uh, Maria Bakalova's performance is a bit of this like like that film is not that film without her. So exactly, like you know, I think I think I think like you know, if you're going to nominate this this film, like you know, for a couple of awards, like because is it just two, like just one two, yeah, yeah, like yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty cool. I don't, I haven't really. I haven't really uh, compared who the other nominees are for best supporting actress, uh, but um, so I don't know what our chances are. But I think it's cool she's yeah. nominated, and I think I think I think yeah, definitely deserves it considering that like she basically well, stole the entire movie. Yeah, well, well, I've watched I think all the best supporting actors so far. Bar, best supporting actress, sorry, uh, bar, um, but like the, it seems the front runner. Uh, so I the only per- I think the only person I'm missing from best supporting actress is. Amanda Seyfried and Mank. I haven't seen Mank yet. Mm. Um, but for me, like, I would actually put her in the top whatever, but apparently it's going to Glenn Close for Hillbilly um, Elgree. I, I Elegy. 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 Thank you. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> that's the best I can say about that one. But we'll be covering yeah. that one with our episode with Savannah Smith. Um, mm. But before we move on to the to the bronze medal, is there a specific moment or scene you want to point out as your highlight from this film? Um, I mean, again, what's the, the highlight? I mean, I'd like to... Yeah, I mean, I like the, I quite like this her sort of transformation. Do you know what I mean? She's kind of like getting the makeover and stuff, and you kind of go like, like, or, or, or no, actually, the, the the sort of best moment I thought, like, when I was really loving the villain was like when she basically went out and had the the sort of monologue on the stage talking to the uh, yes. talking to the conservative women, and I, I swear I was kind of going. That's when I totally sort of like fell in love with the character and like the yeah. film because I was kind of going, okay, and it's it's almost like the opposite of what I was saying about Nomadland because like yeah. that was brilliant because you're kind of going, okay, here's someone playing a part like a really exaggerated yeah, yeah. in front of real people and i'm and i'm and I'm, I'm really into that because it's like she's just going for it like and she's like totally fearless at the performance of like what they're talking about like you know discovering masturbation or something and it's like <laughs> the women are just like like what and it's like there's no fear there's no kind of like it's just it's just a it's just a like a, you know someone just following through on a performance like yeah. you know regardless of the situation yeah. Which is great. Uh, I thought that was that. That really is, was the memorable moment for me. Actually, I think, yeah, yeah, and also her incredible seduction of Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, uh, that was that was a little bit more memorable for for more of a cringy, even yeah. more of a cringy kind of thing. Because you're kind of gone like, this is just wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was hard, it was hard to laugh at that. I was more kind of concerned by the whole thing there. Yeah, you know, it was like, it's, yeah. Yeah, but my situations my, are certain. Yeah, fucked up, fucked up. But no one's shocked. Uh, and, my, and he claims that he knew the whole time. And my, but my standout um, scene, I think, is the father-daughter dance they they did. Oh, God, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah, because in, in that room, like again, I think this was far more political driv- driven for all the good reasons as well. Mm, um, yeah. When especially when they kept in the moment when it's just like, how much will you buy my daughter for? And he's like five hundred dollars, and then his daughter's like, and he kind of looks around, sees his daughter, sees him, he's embarrassed yeah, himself, yeah, and his yeah. daughter's like, Jesus, Dad. I was like, God, oh, like, yeah, but yeah. that that dance because you know, fuck those people to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah, I I would say that that was one of my highlights because again, so out there, so fearless, and just like yeah, it's so. You so, mentioned the political thing; we didn't really talk about it. It, it is so yeah. political, like you know, yeah. not just obviously about the the the, the election and and the stuff, but like. You know, like, like, a, a, that. I mean, that's that's it was weird watching it after, uh, you know, I mean, because like the way the film ends, but like, I now vote, you know, it's like really, yeah. like, sort of telling you to, like, it's like this is trying to serve a purpose here in a way, mm. you know. And then um, when you remove the film, then from from that moment, it's kind of a bit strange. Uh, it's yeah. the same thing with it, with it, with the, uh, I don't know how I really feel about the, the, the way they, they use the pandemic as a kind of plot point. So, like, you know, that was kind of a strange, uh, but yeah, know, but, it's like it's hard to it's, it's hard to laugh. You can you laugh at it for a second and you're like kind of going, ah oh, fuck, I don't know whether I want to laugh at that yet. <laughs> <laughs> give it a yeah. give it a few weeks. But I was just kind of wondering how they I was trying to figure out if those two guys were actors or if they were real people. The, the, I don't, I'm gonna call them Billy Bob, I can't remember the name, the two lads that took yeah, them in. I mean that's, that's, that's that, those sort of moments where like it's like that's what again comparing it with to to, to Nomad Land. There's like there's a, that I think that's the kind of thing you can take you out of it. Take some some people out of it, you know, because if you're yeah. overthinking you're overthinking those things of like, is this a real person? Is that a real reaction? Or yeah. or is that someone acting? Like like those there's about there's about I kind of felt there was about three moments like that. Like the way yeah. um those guys that he's staying with um the 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 uh, babysitter character because the way the way they kind of they really used her as a kind of plot point in a way mm. and they kind of going is that so is that obviously she's a real person but is she a real person who's in on the joke or is she you know kind of 
you know, to, like, uh, yeah, it's just the way. And, and then, and then the other moments which you, which you should probably mention is the when he goes into the into the um, into the synagogue and he has this conversation with the with the the Holocaust survivor, who is a real oh. Holocaust survivor. Oh, and he, sort of, that... he sort of said that like he's that was one of the few moments where he kind of broke character and kind of like you know let her in on what the what the gag was. And so like, and you're kind of like, okay, well that's. Then I look at that scene in a weird way as well because it's like mm. kind of going, all right, this is a real person who's really experienced like something truly horrific and and is kind of you know come, she comes across very well, obviously yeah. in, the, in in how yeah. she's portrayed, but it's still a weird use of like how far out there he's you know like you know what the stuff yeah. that he's doing so it, like there's, there's there's a real fine line between if you can if you're if you're too awkward to be taken out of it like yeah into reaction to it or if you're if you're awkward to actually laugh at the ridiculousness of it so i think that, that that's I, I i definitely can understand how people would have a very make response to that film like i think it could really really be turned off by it like you know I mean? and like it'd probably be yeah. you, you know like fairly uh that's true you know so it's, it's a real <laughs> nice kind of movie yeah absolutely absolutely but we'll keep going we'll move on to the bronze medal section um, so third place for the adaptive screenplay for 2021 goes to. Oh man, don't be putting it like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well then the next the next one we'll talk about. I have real trouble like rating things in this way, you know. But uh, let's, yeah. go, let's go. with One night in Miami. Um, I think. Okay. I, I would say okay. yeah, one night in Miami because I was kind of like uh, I mean um, yeah. Sorry, let me just find it. Yeah, One Night in Miami, uh, written by uh, Ken Powers. It is also nominated for Best Supporting Actor, Leslie Autumn Jr., uh, Best Adapted Screenplay, of course, and Best Original Song, uh, Leslie Autumn Jr. and Sam Ashworth. And it's uh, uh, One Night in Miami is adapted from the debut play written by Ken Powers. It was first performed in 2013. It's a fictional account of the real night in February 25th, 1964. It pinpoints a pivotal moment, a, a, a pivotal m- moment in the lives of four still uh, not... Nascent, nascent black American icons whose potential thoughts and actions play out in a ninety-minute one-act play. Um, mm. So, did you know about this play at all prior to seeing uh, it being I had, a type? I had actually heard heard of this play. Uh, I think I had like a, like it's London premiere. I think I might have read a review, but I haven't seen it or read it. But uh, yeah. I was kind of aware of it. Like you know, it was kind of known as oh, there's the Muhammad Ali play that's on the Donmar Warehouse. You know, and kind of yeah. like like it had it had a kind of a uh, like a yeah, it, like it, it made a bit of a made a bit of a splash, like you know, as as a play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then before I saw the movie, I, I'd I'd heard a podcast with um with um the actor who plays Malcolm X, Kingsley Ben Adair, yes. and, and and I was kind of that was that was interesting. So I kind of I kind of went into this movie with that interview in my head, which was yeah. interesting because I, I was a bit I was a bit more kind of forewarned than I would normally be with watching a film. You know, I was kind of watching mm. it with, with 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 kind of a bit of background information, kind of before i saw the drama you know yeah um yeah so the play i, I tell you what, what i was kind of amazed by like because i was looking up the the, the the playwrights who also adapted it into the screenplay uh, yeah. it's by kemp powers who i yeah. hadn't i didn't i didn't know i didn't know him until i sort of did a bit of research i was amazed that like this guy has also written episodes of the new star trek series and oh. he also co-directed and co-wrote soul the the animated film there that's right yeah 
Yeah. Which I didn't know it until recently. I was going, wow, that's quite an eclectic uh, CV he's got there already. Yeah. Like, you know, um, like uh, 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 like an Oscar nominated like feature, like an sci fi TV and yeah. an animated, uh, uh, crazy animated film. Yeah. So um, that's, yeah, he's definitely someone to, to really see what they do, what he does next, because I think that that's yeah. some fascinating uh, 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 kind of run of, of uh, yeah. projects, you know? Yeah, I found it interesting because I didn't really know anything about this film. I knew people talk, I just saw people on Instagram like months ago being like, One Night Miami is amazing and stuff like that. But when I knew I was doing this podcast, I decided I wasn't going to watch basically any film from this century until around this time so I could watch them in a bundle. So I wouldn't, mm. I'd remember as much as possible because I knew I'd watched them so much. But like this one, it took like with most things, you kind of get the, the, the prologue for each character leading up to that moment where they all come together. You get where they're coming from, each dealing with their own history. And um, when we got there and when we got into the room together, I, it took me a little while to get into it. Once they were in that room, I was like, oh my God. And it was great to see a Christopher Maltasanti uh, cameo. Mm, yeah. uh, what's his name again in real life? Uh, uh, oh, oh, no. You're trying tra- me now. Sorry, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just always had to point out a Sopranos reference when I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's going to annoy me now. For, yeah. a, couple of, a couple of Wire, uh, I don't know if you're a big fan of The Wire, but like there was like two, two, two great, or at least two great actors from The Wire popping up in smaller parts in this as well. That was oh. the one I was kind of, uh, oh man, now I have to look up the actor. Anyway. That's going to annoy me so much. Anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry. But I, I, I thought it was very interesting how they how they got into it. And especially I loved even the the fighting choreography, even though it's there, only there for a few minutes uh, overall. But once mm. they were in that room together and the electricity was flying, I was like, like eyes were peeled. And yeah. like the four actors who the only person I knew a little bit was, um, was the only person? Leslie Odom Jr. I think was the only person I knew a little bit just from doing mm. Hamilton. But yeah. like, he, I'd never actually seen him perform. And um, I was like this, I really love this. Play. I love this film. But yeah. um, go, what, what, what about you? What has you? Yeah, well, the main the main thing for this that I liked was the performances. You know, I mean, yeah. like the like the like the four the four characters, the four actors playing them, like they're, they're like all equally really strong. You know, I mean, like mm-hmm. they're real. Like I said, the characters are kind of kind of this collection of icons. You know, meeting. You know, and it's, mm-hmm. I think like I mean the play like it's based on 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 a, on, a, on a kind of you know real moment, but obviously it's it's kind of like a fictionalized take on it because yeah. you know playwright was not in the room with these guys so <laughs> yeah. he doesn't know what they say but yeah. it, it's kind of like um it's kind of playing off that where each of those characters are which each of those individuals were at this time which is a really uh, like potent kind of moment you know so you had like basically got like malcolm x who's who's like kind of only about like about almost exactly a year after this is set he's assassinated yeah. mm. um Sam Cook, who's like a like a like a singer, uh, yeah. kind of a songwriter, like he he was also like murdered, like like two years almost, later, yeah, yeah, very very soon after. Um, so Jim Brown, who he's like, still alive, he's yeah. still alive. Yeah, <laughs> good for, go Jim. <laughs> but uh, I mean, Jim Jim Brown, like was it like American football player, a little bit of star, kind of mm. athlete, and then who 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 sort of like moved into being a film career, and he's kind of, I mean, I kind of compare him to be like you know maybe he was someone like The Rock or something of his day, like you know like yeah, like, yeah. like he's that sort of like sort of sort of like athlete, star athlete who sort of like translated that into into like kind of a film career, like. Mm. Um, and you'd know you know him from like a, like a, a couple of good few movies that he he's popped up in that would that would have stood the test of time, um and then and then kind of the big the big uh, biggest heavy hitter hitter is like Cassius <laughs> Clay who's about to who's about it like you know change his name to Muhammad Ali and yeah. this is kind of like that's kind of the main um well it's kind of one of the main kind of things that happen on this night and that 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 the, that the story is set on this like him making that decision to 
to, mm. to change his name and join the is it the, the nation of Islam and um, yeah and, uh, and 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 sort of the 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 influence of of, of Malcolm X on that Over. decision and kind of like how how it is so it's like it's a it's a really like it's it's very potent um setting for for a play and I can imagine this being stunning on stage like because it is mm. just these four great characters kind of like you know trapped in a room together really and kind of like bouncing off each other which is usually a good a good setup for a mm. play it's a trickier one for for a movie and i kind of did struggle with that slightly in that like you know you've got a, you've got a fair bit of action in the setup you know the first yeah. sort of the first sort of maybe third or maybe even half of the movie is is sort of setting up there who yeah. who each of these guys are and shows them in their sort of natural habitat like you know we see mm. We see Cassius Clay on, uh, like you know, fighting like these two sort of major fights that we kind of get it, get it, get a sense mm -hmm. of, um, and then and then each of the other characters you kind of get a, a glimpse of their private lives, like y y you know, separate from the actual meeting of the four, um, and I I did like I, I really liked the way it opened, like I was I was really into the, the sort of you know the really good opening kind of sequences for each character. You kind of you kind of got into their world. You kind of is realized what what they were up against and then you also realized what there was special about them like in a very kind of quick interesting way um and then just like really setting up the time like the kind mm -hmm. of like prejudices that they're up against and then like this idea that they like uh, this idea of like sort of black celebrities celebrityism like you know what i mean it's like the you know they're, they're, they're celebrated they're like popular but they still are up against like really awful racism and kind of like mm -hmm. the sort of the 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 conflict of that for for the individual like you know whether you know you're obviously like you know on fire which are which are kind of like your your art or your your sporting career but like you're, you're still up against like really sort of negative uh, uh interactions with people and stuff you know mm. and i you know obviously that that still speaks to today but like mm. you know it's even like it's it's even slightly more slightly more potent in in this period which is like what 1964 early 60s yeah um so yeah, I mean, they, 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 that was that's kind of just. I, I think, as I say, the main thing that I really took away from this, and the main thing that I really remember was it was the performances. You know, I mean, the yeah. guys like are playing like like I say. You know, I, di I didn't really know Sam Cooke uh, as as a as a as a figure. I mean, he's obviously is a bit of a legend as well. But I, yeah. I, I, he was he was sort of the one character of the four that I I, I wasn't really familiar with, like off the top of my head, going into this story. Um, and then he 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 has a, like a fantastic portrayal as you mentioned there on Leslie Odom Jr. from from yeah. Hamilton, and he's also nominated for for best, best sport actor. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. I think you know that 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 was a real that was a real conversation. Or something like that. It's very hard to pick one of these four performances. Yeah. I think literally this is what I was going to ask you about this. Uh, first of all, like how do you in this one in particular? Who is the leading characters if if they're not all leading characters or if they're not all supporting characters? Yeah, I, I, mean, it's, I mean, it's obviously an ensemble. Like, I mean, and it is tricky because they all have a, like a, like they all have a kind of an arc within it. I mean, uh, I, I, I personally, if I was to pick one of them, I would kind of say it's like Cassius Clay. He's kind of got the the the, the arc, like you know, he changes mm. the most by the mm. end of it. Like, but then each of them, like you know, you are in Malcolm X's POV and you're in yeah. you're in Sam Cooke's POV and. I think Jim Brown kind of like like as a like is more supporting like in a way, but at the same time they all have their their moments to shine. So it is mm -hmm. it is very much an ensemble, um, and it's it's tricky like that when you have when you have these sort of casts that are that are that are fairly equally kind of you know yeah. filled or divided. Like it's it is very hard to pick people out. Like I mean, like you know, there's an argument that like you know each of these four guys could be could be leading actor rather than or or yeah. each of the four could be supporting you know 
Um, I, I, I imagine... I, I think for me anyway, I think the reason people either voted for Leslie Odom Jr. or maybe he, why he was pushed in their marketing thing was because he's probably the most famous out of the four. He's the only one who has maybe a bit more and they wanted, I guess they probably wanted to guarantee one nomination for an actor. So I'd say they probably yeah. pushed him more so. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like, I think, I think I was, like, I was definitely familiar with Kingsley Benadir who's played Malcolm X. So he, like, I think he's, he's got a fairly good sort of like, like a career so far. The, the, the interesting thing, as I said earlier on, like in terms of uh, like listen to an interview with him, he he had been kind of attached to, to a film to play um, uh, Muhammad Ali with, with Ang Lee. They they basically had had had, had oh. worked, trying to raise uh, funds to make a movie about Muhammad Ali. I think it's a little bit a little bit later in his in Muhammad Ali's career that he was going to play, and he and uh, Kingsley Benadire like had been attached to that for about a year, and then the, the film fell apart, and never got made. Um, so he was initially approached to 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 possibly play Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali in this, um, and he turned it down because he thought he was too old for the for the 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 the, the part, the part of, of 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 uh of of your of his career, and yeah. uh, he was more interested in Malcolm X. So that's an interesting thing of like the that's very interesting, yeah. you know, choices. And I thought he was absolutely spot on as Malcolm X. Incredible, it was great. Like you know. Yeah. The tricky thing about a film like this as well is like it's it's like you, you know when you're playing such famous characters and like I mean like certainly you know we've seen different portrayals of Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X and yeah. I, I was I was looking to see uh, Sam Cooke being played by someone else as well um it, it, it's it's difficult to play these parts that without them like either just playing like an impression or or, or you know what I mean a kind of a, like a caricature of, yeah. of of the sort of real person. And I, I had the lovely sort of like response to watching this that I was going, no, I'm, I'm really watching this as the person. And I don't feel that like it's like, oh, you know, when you, when you have an actor playing a famous person that you, you're kind of familiar with, it's mm. you, you sometimes have like, oh, I'm, I'm either hyper watching the performance or I'm hyper watching the impression of the of the of the real person. Yeah. And I think I think they all kind of did a great like a great job of like kind of just disappearing into the roles, you know? Um, yeah. Like in terms of mannerisms and looks and like you know the kind of swagger of the character that was great. Um, so would your standout performer then be uh, I I can't even remember his name uh, that played Malcolm X or I'd say I, I think it's impossible to kind of pick one of the <laughs> of the of the, of the four. like you know like I mean uh, like yeah I I I didn't I didn't know the actor playing uh, Cassius Clay before I don't think I've ever seen him he's, he's amazing, called yeah. Eli Gorey and I thought he was fantastic and just how. Yeah well he embodied uh, uh muhammad ali mm. like so well and then but Les- leslie odom like you know i think he, he well deserves to get the, the nomination mm. like he had like that character had like such swagger and all the sort of musical uh mm. like forms like his like he sings in a couple of times and that stuff really really worked well so yeah i i i i, I, I that's what i'm saying i think it's hard pressed to, to pick one of the four yeah. really. uh the only person you didn't mention was the guy who played jim brown uh but <laughs> I think he's, got, he's got a slightly less interesting character but i i, I did really like him as well because I, yeah. I think like he, he like in terms of like the, the you're gonna maybe ask what, what, what scenes kind of yeah. most memorable like i mean like his introduction scene like did oh. actually shock me like i was like oh, what like you know he's got this moment like where where he's like kind of uh, it's, just, it's just such a it's such a flip to, to the situation, and um, so so that 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 really landed with me, stuck with me, you know. So so, yeah. so him the way he, that was just I think that's basically his first scene that I'm talking about yeah. in the movie, and like that carried over brilliantly into 
into the rest of the movie. Mm. So yeah, I'd say I think I think he has a slightly less showy part of the four, but yeah. I thought it was also a brilliant performance. Like, you know? Yeah, he was my uh, be honest, he was my favorite because he was kind of like the voice of reason, but he also looked like he could kill every one of them if he if he wanted to, you know. <laughs> and um and with Muhammad Ali, what I loved about um his performance in that what's his name? Eli Eli Gory. Yeah. How, <laughs> yeah. How he like he played Muhammad Ali so Muhammad Ali but also such like a 22 year old mm. you know like he just wanted to go out and just like like and you could like and live the best life and just happily like because he just is the world champion he's got the arrogance got that swagger but he's also they, they argue at a point in the film but I feel he's being manipulated by Malcolm X and Malcolm mm. X knows he's doing it even when he says ignore me brother you know uh, do what you and, he, and you feel the he is being genuine and saying that but in the same way he's not do you know what I mean? Like, and I, there's there's so much duality in each play, in each other performance that is, I think, played wonderfully. Um, but across the board, like, I think this is the star making vehicle for everyone in this film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I was interested. I mean, before the nominations came out, uh, like there was a couple of other movies I was kind of watching, thinking that they might get nominated. You know, like uh, one of them was like Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. You know, yes, maybe. And like, there's, like there's, there's there's a lot of crossover between that and and this one. I felt that nobody have seen. Mm. Right sorry, oh i have yeah <laughs> yeah like like there's a lot of crossover thematically and then also just obviously they're both based on plays and, and mm-hmm. they're both mm-hmm. quite stagey in the way people like talk about like you know in terms of this the storyline is 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 basically people in a room you know for, for yeah. most of the runtime and um like i think i think uh one night in miami kind of opens it up a lot more like they kind of have a little bit more um you know more sequences of the characters separating out in different locations and stuff like that yeah. which which helped it but um, I was that was a great like I, I definitely uh, I'm surprised that hadn't uh, the Marini's Black Bottom didn't didn't get more of a show as well. I think that people did actually make a choice between these two movies as well. Maybe you so. know, because there's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of similarities like thematically and um, and in some cases I actually I actually kind of preferred Marini's Black Bottom in, in terms of the uh, couple of the promises kind of mm-hmm. like as well. Also blew me away. So yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. They're, they're definitely a good double bill, actually. If you're, yeah. if you're as well as, um, uh, what is this? Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah and Chicago 7. The trial of Chicago 7 will literally take place at the same time oh, and yeah. cross-reference each other. Um, obviously, completely different films, though. I'm kind mm. of annoyed that they didn't get, um, I can't put on a sec, I, I feel so bad every time, David, that played um, oh, yeah, Fred Howard. Or whatever his name is. It? Yeah, yeah, I can't say his second name. No, no, but no. Had, Kaluuya, had, Kaluuya, yes, and yeah. yeah, and they have Fred Howard in Trial of Chicago Seven. I was just like, I wish that they had him play that part there. Obviously, like that would never happen, but I just love oh, that there was, yeah, yeah. you know, that that's only for my thing. I but, haven't uh, seen Jesus in the Black Messiah yet. So that, is that actually the character that that's yeah. on trial? Oh, no, bro. no, no, no. He's not on trial. But do you remember when um he turns around and he's he's like, oh, uh, he's who's, the guy's talking to him from the he's the guy he's talking to, yeah, the leader yeah, of the yeah, Black yeah, Panthers. Yeah. That's him. Uh, um, to, I still have to see that one. I, I had seen uh, Trial of Chicago Seven all right when I came out, like, uh, but I haven't yeah. seen uh, Black Messiah. Really well, if you got anything from this discussion on One Night in Miami, watch Judas and Black Messiah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, is your standout scene? Are you going for that opening scene with Jim Brown? Or yeah, that's kind of the most memorable scene for me. I mean, like the, like the, the guys face off quite a bit in the, in the in the in the latter half of the film, which is probably the bulk of the play, and. Mm. Like part of the like, like there were there were some great scenes later on in 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 the film, but they that did feel like you're watching a play, and like and, yeah. and that can be that can be great, like you know. But I think in terms of um, like, like you're watching a play, like it's kind of like it's hard to pick out a single moment because it kind of you know it takes yeah. about an hour's worth of sort of stage time, if you want to call that. 
But uh, yeah, that I think the, the, that that really stuck with me. The, the, the Jim Brown's introduction scene, like you know, uh, which yeah. uh, won't really spoil. It, I guess people will <laughs> get yeah. they know what we're talking about when they watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was all with the nuances and that, where like it's such undertones, and then it's just flipped at the end. You're like, yeah. ah, it just yeah. uh, and it, from from uh, I always say, Bo Bridges, Jeff Bridges. What's the, what's his one? His name? Bo Bridges. Uh, it is Bo Bridges. What's the yeah, dad's yeah, name? Yeah. Oh, the dad is Lloyd Bridges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Bob Bridges, and he's such a lovely man to to be like that. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. even the character, like I mean, like even the character, like is so like like genuinely pleasant up until that point. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. It's, just, it's not even it's not even like the way like that. It's actually so offensive in the way that it's just so casual and so honest yeah. the way it is. You know, it's, it's so systemic in there. Yeah, um, so. my st- my standard scene would be, I think, and the reason, um what's his name Leslie Oden Jr. got nominated for uh, Best Supporting Actor is when he breaks down how he is making money for black performers oh yeah yeah that was yeah, yeah love nice. that love that yeah, um, yeah. after three months he wasn't he was you know he didn't have to thank me he just had a lot more money in his bank account whatever the line was yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean that's that. the, like, there's, like, there's so many great like kind of exchanges between you guys in, in, in the second half like but like I say they kind of they literally kind of ran all, there was almost so many and they sort of ran into each other so like it was kind of yeah at the moment like but that's that was a very good night i mean yeah. it was great the way that they, the characters switched over that like you kind of had like a sympathy for one and then uh, they'd have an argument with someone mm. and you're kind of going i'm on the other guy's side in this argument and then it flip again it was like it's really really well sourced yeah and, and so, absolutely we have to give credit because it's the only time we're mentioning this is regina king who directed it it's her directorial debut she went on yeah. oscar two years beforehand i think for best sport but best sporting actress i can't remember the film it yeah, was it's, it's a brilliant debut like i mean it's yeah of, like, wow like, she's, she's an amazing actress like you know, in yeah. terms of like a, like a really really enjoyed her in uh, uh the leftovers and, and in mm. watchmen two tv series which yes. kind of plays lead roles but um this is like like it's it, yeah it's a brilliant uh it's a brilliant it's just a great, she did a fantastic job with it as, as, yeah. as a director i think she's directed a good bit of tv but like mm. this is her first film and it's like yeah well very very I, yeah. sick absolutely absolutely now this is where it gets very very interesting okay because <laughs> one of the main reason this is so interesting is because i've watched both these films today yeah uh, <laughs> um, no. because gary you know oh my god how impossible it is to find a stream for the father uh <laughs> <laughs> but our god um but we yeah i no matter which way you go on this you're right and i'm very happy you've you've left these two to your final two <laughs> if i'm being completely honest i yeah. i i think these yeah i think these are both these films are masterpieces and it is genuinely shocks me that uh whichever i don't know which one you're gonna say first but genuinely shocks me the white tiger this is literally it will be its only nomination in this oscars yeah. um genuinely can't believe that because it's fantastic well, uh, I don't really know which way I'm going to say it next. Okay. Either. Okay. So, like, I, I have, I've, I've made a call on it, but at the same time, like, uh, like, uh, I guess, I mean, this, as I say, I'm not, not really a fan of rating the films, like, you know, as a first, second, third, all sort of crack, because they're all very different. And, and, yeah. and then, the, like, like it's, it's, you know, like, like you, you might rate one higher than, than other, in, like, in, in a different way. So, I mean, like, I, 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 I will say that like the white tiger is probably of the five is probably the one that's closest to the type of movie that i would like naturally just be be into you know like yeah. it's like it's like i like uh, it was probably it was probably my favorite of, of the five you, you know okay more for more for um uh it's in my sweet spot of stuff that i like you know so so in that the silver medal uh <laughs> yeah. for, <laughs> for best adapted screenplay 2021 is i'd say uh the father 
The father, absolutely dead right. Yeah. Now, the um, father, then on the to, 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 to explain that one, like in terms of like, I mean, the father could have been number one as well, but like, it's it, like, you know, because certainly the father was the film that moved me the most of the five. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But uh, as I say, like, if I'm kind of rating these in terms of favorites rather than quality, to be quite honest. Um, absolutely. So, so, uh, so yeah, I would say White Tiger one and, and the father two, then, because like, like, I don't know whether. I'll, I'll I'll revisit the the father anytime soon as a as yeah. an experience, but I will certainly be watching the White Tiger more than more than once, you know. Absolutely. Um, um, but yeah, the father. Yeah. Hold on, I'll just do my little bit, then we'll go into. It. Um, the father is nominated, um, obviously for best um best after screenplay, uh, Florin Zeller and Christopher Hampton, but also is nominated for best picture, best actor, Annie Hopkins, best supporting actress, Olivia Coleman, best film editing, Yorgos Lam- Lamoros, and best production design. Mm. Um, it is adapted, the father is adapted from Le Père, the father, um, which is a play by French, light, pr- French playwright Florin Zeller, who also directed the film as well, and um, which won the 2014 uh, Moliere Award for Best Play. Um, so far, it is nominated for a BAFTA, which is pending, it nominated for Golden Globe, pending. Sorry, it nominated, didn't win. Critics' Choice Award uh, nominated, and the only thing it won of major ones, it was British Independent Film Awards, which it won. So um, I... I am I'm so much I need to find out about this film, okay? <laughs> so, like, before we even talk about it, okay, I, I need to ask you a question because I, I'm trying to figure it out in my head. I think, and I work in a hospital, okay? I work in a nice hospital. Um, so, and I, I work in the wards. I don't work directly with patients in that, in that manner of dealing with uh, potential patients, but they are very much prevalent in my life um, every day. Do you know what I mean? Uh, almost to the point where it's, it's just kind of anything that happens, it's just natural, a human does. Like, I can't even kind of do the de- de- uh, de- de- whatever word I'm trying to say between, like, you know. Thank but, you. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's why you're the playwright and I'm the talking guy. Uh, <laughs> um, and and the same, my dad is a pr- retired prison officer, but he also worked in the care home for eight years. And we were supposed to watch it together, but um, just because, not like, let's sit down and watch it together, but just as a film, I said, I need to watch it. I didn't get a chance to, but I'm making him watch it because he'll take so much from this as well. And the fact that it's told from the, the father's perspective is like genuinely, it, it chilled because it made you understand what it's like to be a dement- have uh, having someone with mm. dementia or Alzheimer's. It really did. Okay. But the question I need to ask is the only of course, it's supposed to confuse you. It's supposed to kind of have you a bit all over the place as well, of course. But like the thing that confused me a bit was, is where is this story being told as we see it? Or is it him trying to remember it? Because at the beginning, he says they're going to Paris. And then as the story, and the story seems to continue as if it's one, as, as if it's day after day. Mm. But then it's nonlinear as well. So that, that kind of confused me. Yeah, if I'm being honest. Well, I, that, that's fine. I mean, because that's that's definitely the effect they're going yeah. for. You know, yeah. like, confusion. <laughs> like, 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 from his point of view, it can feel like you know two hours of real time or whatever, and then but mm. it might actually be like a year or something. Like, you know, I think that that's yeah. that's the brilliance of it. Like, really, like, like, like as you said there. Like, I mean, it's actually a kind of a simple idea, but like, it's it's such an effective idea. You know, I, to actually you know, put it I, in the perspective of of the of someone yeah. who has dementia by just by just like basically confusing you as an audience member and, and mm-hmm. like and, and then connecting with the with the lead character's confusion. You yeah, know, so you relate to it rather than witness it. You know, just yeah. Basically. But what what? Sorry, this is what actually confused me about that was that thing that dynamic. But also, he mentioned to her husband who had the the face of the care at the end. Mm. Uh, 
that you uh, no, she's with someone they're moving to Paris and then I'm like after watching I'm like oh yeah look I think it just it, it, like they know exactly what they're doing it's just that and I'm guessing yeah I, I don't think I don't think you you need to un, unravel it like, yeah. do you know I mean? like you're kind of you're kind of trying to put sense on it and I think that the, the whole point of it is that mm. this can't really I think the, I think they're deliberately like yeah. I mean that's I mean, like, like, and I, this, this again. I'd, I, I heard of this play, and I, I knew of the play. Um, I didn't actually see it, but this was it's interesting because, like, this had a production of it. It had a production of the play in in Dublin, like, that's in, right. like for uh, 2016 at the Gate, and it was. I remember, I remember being on at the time and like going, okay. I like the people that are involved in this play, but mm. I, I don't know whether I want to watch a play about dementia. That sounds like it's going to be a downer, you know. And then, and then kind of the same thing with the film. Like, when the film yeah. was, when the, like, it's too much of a downer, as I should say. Right? Yeah. I, was, I don't know if I'm a downer as a player. I don't know what I, I want to I I I go out and do that as, as, a, as a two-hour fucking evening uh, endeavor. But having, ha, after seeing the film, I was, like, really regretting not going to see the play because, I, like, I, I, as I say, mm. the play, this, this, the, the Dublin version sounded really interesting. And I remember it did... Um, it, it, like it did appeal to me at the time, like like as does it just described there. Like I was going, oh, that that sounds like that could be really good, and it's got some really really good people involved. I probably should go see it, but then at the time I didn't didn't ultimately go. Now, um, after I watched the film, as I said, I regret that decision. I was kind of going, oh, I wish I had seen the stage version, uh, so that I had that mm-hmm. to compare. On it. And then I, I, I chatted to to a friend of mine uh, who had seen the play and and like hadn't seen the film yet, and they were telling me what their experience of the play was. So I kind of feel like I have a sense of of what the production was like, but it, it like likewise in the play. Sorry, my chair is very squeaky. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, um, I thought that was just you. <laughs> uh, likewise, it, like the, the conceit of the, of the of the whole thing is that like y- y- you know the play is told through the point of view of the father, who's the lead character, who's a man in this like sort of advanced years, kind of suffering mm-hmm. from dementia, and and this this fairly simple conceit is that like. You think he like he, he, it's told from his point of view. So the you know he's having a conversation with his daughter. His daughter will walk off stage, and then a different actor will walk on, and is mm. still nominally playing his daughter, but like the actress has changed. And like it's a, so so as an audience member, you're con- completely confused. But you know what? Is this the same character? Is this thing? And then it instantly puts you in the confusion of the person dealing with dementia, where they're they're having things change in their perception but they don't actually see how these see the moments where these things change so you're thinking about the timeline is 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 totally you know there, there's no point in trying to unravel it's like it's like trying to someone trying to it's, it's the film is not constructed that way to to make it try and put it together and like it's you know it's not that's not really it's not really a complicated idea either that's just to kind of go oh well i'm gonna i'm gonna deliberately confuse you and then and i'm gonna mess with your perception of time i'm gonna mess with your perception of Mm. of space as well you know and i think they did versions of that obviously on stage they probably got to do a little bit more with it in the mm. film which is interesting um but but the main thing is that it's it's really connecting you with like you know the main character you know because you're you're, you're 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 as an audience member you're not just watching someone suffer through a disease or like or, or, or suffer through something like you know you're actually put in their shoes because like you you as an audience member are equally confused and and disorientated by the way the film is structured and the way the 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 the, the film is designed you know and i think that that's that's brilliant i mean someone compared it to like memento uh, yeah. uh like that in the way memento the, the structure of the story it gives you the sense of 
losing your losing your memory every couple of seconds you know and i think that's that's that is a good comparison because like it's 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 not a film you just watch and 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 passively kind of see people's experiences you actually are, are put into the position of the of the of the main character which is i think a brilliant thing to do and also yeah. it, me- it means that the film impacts you a lot more because you're not just watching someone suffer you're actually kind of like suffering with them in the way. yeah no it's it's so true though you like, know? yeah, you really, that's, like that's, that's, yeah that's basically the thing i mean that's why i'd say the, the complete opposite of my experience with nomad land was with this one like i was mm. like i was like it's it, like this is this is a completely unreal kind of style. Like it's like, mm. it's very theatrical and it's very um, stylized in, 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 in a way. But, but I felt, I felt, I mean, again, it's a personal tasting. I, I felt more moved by this and more connected with this than I did with Nomadland because Nomadland, I just felt like I was just a witness to someone suffering. Mm. Whereas this one, I, I felt like I was kind of a participant in it. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds not. like a great viewing experience. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, you'd be great at pitching this movie. You get to feel like you have dementia. Yeah, uh, but, but like it's, uh, it's yeah. uh, like, like again, like uh, in, in a way. So you're moved by it as well, but I, I didn't really feel like I didn't really feel like it was bleak either because like the like like I didn't because like the thing with that is, uh, is how hopeless the situation is. You know what I mean? Or, you know, I mean, and like, it's not like this. This doesn't particularly have a happy ending, but it doesn't really have it like a like a super bleak ending either. You know, there's this kind of a what they like sort of say like cathartic kind of feel to it, like where you're 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 so in the character's experience that when the character is kind of comforted or when the character completely loses their mind, you like kind of like going, oh, it's almost like a relief, like you know, and I, like that's the way I felt at the end of it. I was like kind of going, wow, there's like a sense of 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 sort of peace or a release at the end, you know, which is. Which is like, uh, like, like I was uh, like that sort of again, brilliant way of like you, you felt like uh, for me it felt like a, I was moved by it, but I wasn't like really depressed by it. If that makes sense, uh, yeah, which is which yeah. is a bit of a feat considering the subject matter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like as well as that, like this is, um, I love stories as well. Like that that don't feel like they're a million miles away from home. Mm. That they, that they they kind of feel so so close that it could affect you or could affect anyone close to you and, and in such a real way and like like i said with this with dementia patients um this other than it being in a in a highfalutin uh beautiful house a beautiful flat in london um literally this is what so many more people deal with than you can possibly imagine that have to deal with mm. like an elderly pa- uh, parent and it, it could be a physical or it could be a mental disorder they have to deal with but the parent of kids have to deal with it and actually in the hospital this this is there's it didn't happen the most recent christmas but the first week of december in around that is drop off granny week we call it mm-hmm. and it's where it's right yeah it's where families bring in and they're they could it's either mental disorder or it could be it's usually mental disorder they'd have and they're like we can't like they just give them in for christmas and get and pick them back up sometime in wow. january yeah. and like and the thing is okay people have a problem with this and i, I completely understand okay that people like people say it's awful them dropping them off and i was like i can i'm I can sympathize because you don't know what it's like to be in that situation. If you're dealing with that, uh, whatever, 250, 280 days out of the year or whatever it is, 30, and you just want a Christmas where you can just deal with your own kids. They'll have kids, whether they're older kids, whatever, they'll have grandkids, maybe even of their own. And they could be older themselves that they can't deal with their parent in this this one-to-one level anymore. And they might be able to afford care. And so like put them in hospital where they have a bed or seen to, and they bring everyone in to visit them the whole time anyway. And they and the thing is they can't afford to go private because private like whether it's a private old folks home or whatever or a care home or whatever they're all very expensive you can't get anywhere for free 
you know, you have to pay mm. something. So, like, there is two sides to these arguments. And you're watching this, and, like, the moment where Olivia Coleman's character um, smothered Andy Hopkins, even though I knew, I was like, this isn't actually happening. Um, mm. You can imagine, imagine that living that every day and getting abused every day from someone that raised you and who you love deeply and you're trying to do your best for, but they just don't understand it. So, mm. like, it's that thing of, like, you have to live your own life, too. And even if it's just for a couple of weeks, finding that, finding that. Yeah, and yeah. that's and, and in this... Like, I would recommend this for people in a similar thing of, like, not as soul-destroying as, like, Schindler's List or 12 Years a Slave, but it's the film that I think everyone needs to see once because it needs to be shown to kids so they understand. Mm. Like, this, instead of, like, trying to, like, obviously parents should sit down and go, sit down with their kids and go, this is what's up with uh, granddad or granny or whatever. But, like, if they sit down at, like, 16, 17, watch this movie in schools once, um, they're going to get it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I think it's a very, very important film. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I mean, like, like it's. I think again, like, like it's not like. I didn't really find it bleak. Do you know what I mean? I mean, like hmm. the sort of sort of like that's sort of like as I said when I was talking about the play. Like, I mean, like I made a mistake there, just thinking, ah, the subject matter is, is going to be is going to be super bleak, and therefore hmm. it's like, you, you don't want to subject yourself to it, like you know, or or you got to be really in the headspace. To do yeah. it. I, think, I mean, I think you do need to be in the headspace to to to, to get into this film, like like not to get into it, but to. To, to to sit down and watch it like you know what i mean um but uh, like uh, yeah I, just like it's uh, it's beautifully made and it's beautifully performed and it's like it's not it's not it's not really kicking you in the head like about the thing either you say that's it's it's good that way and that like it, it takes you in and, and kind of puts you in the situation it doesn't it doesn't really you know dunk your head under the water and say isn't this terrible it's like no no it's just it's, this is what it's like for them for this yeah person. You know, and it's also I mean, fun at times as well. Do yeah, you know, like the humor and the performance yeah, are beautiful. Like yeah. it's, it's like yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot. There's definitely a lot to recommend with it. You know, um, I think again, like we were talking about the other films, like I mean, brilliant performances, like all around. I mean, like the the like Hopkins is like absolutely stunning in it. But then um, all the all the supporting parts are 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 really interesting. And and the sort of that idea where you have the sort of figures like you know, there's like. The, the the daughter and then there's like the the the, the son-in-law and then there's the nurse you know yeah. and then there's just there's, there's at least at least two actors playing each of those parts do you know what i mean given yeah. the way it is and like the way they sort of transition between the two they have different qualities and there's different but there's also kind of you can kind of get the character i mean i thought i just when i was sort of making a note on this one i thought it was really bizarre that you have like olivia coleman is nominated but like um, Olivia Williams is the sort of playing the same part, you know, what I mean, in different, <laughs> different sections. Yeah. I was like, that's the two, two Olivia's, like, you know, it's like, it's like, we're yeah. messing with us, like, you know, even, <laughs> even in talk, trying to talk about the movie. It's like, yeah, I can Olivia imagine. Walks out, and then Olivia walks in. And it's like, <laughs> I can imagine now when, when that nomination being read out, it's like, and for best supporting actress, Olivia, and then both of them, <gasps> it's like, <laughs> Coleman, it's like, ah. Uh, yeah. I think yeah, like, I, like that's yeah. like the, like the um, it's interesting. It is interesting that Olivia Colman got nominated because again, because I mean, she is brilliant in it. But it's it's another one of those things like like uh, One Night in Miami, um, like where you're kind of going. It's hard to pick out like like a best supporting part out out of like sort of treat the four or five actors that yeah. are in it because you know like uh, she does have like a lot of great moments, but like the the others also have like amazing moments. Like you know, um, I say Olivia Williams like as well and. Uh, yeah. The, the, the two sort of son-in-laws Rufus Sewell and, and Mark Gatiss who are like very very different actors but then you kind of mm. go oh that's 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 how how interesting it is that they're kind of switching between the same part again yeah. so it's like yeah it's it's yeah it's interesting 
Now, the, other, the other thing is like that it's nominated for so many like uh, a couple of technical ones as well. I thought was interesting. Like you know, the best production design is really interesting, and how that that's something that again I want to watch the film a second time and kind of like have a look at that, like because it's they did a thing where they're they are changing the set quite a bit as well you know so mm-hmm. so like it's not just the actors that are changing like the set the changes and like you know props and like there's sometimes the layout of the of the house that he's in the apartment he's in and like that's that, that that's fascinating from a filmmaking point of view like where you where, where you, you know you really disorient the audience watching it but it's so subtle that you, you almost you, you can't really pick it out but you do feel it you know I, I love that sort of thing, you know. There's like yeah. you sort of see that, and that's that's from a technical standpoint. That's kind of an interesting about the film as well. That's not just the kind of like the, the issue of the year kind of thing. Oh, it's about dementia. It's like no, it's, it is actually very brilliantly made as well as like an, from a technical quality. Absolutely, um, and yeah. also for me, the reveal of. Um... Because this will, this is spoilers. We can spoil anything. I'm going to put it in the thing that because it's very hard to talk about this when when I'm being polite to everyone. Yeah. But um, the the reveal of because I didn't pick up on this until like the end when it kind of dawned on me is that the the nurse um or the caretaker whatever you want to the care is being played by his daughter even though you don't actually see him or, except for that one moment. I didn't mm. when he says oh she looks the image of her. I didn't, yeah. I, that, that didn't clock with me until even after, because I didn't even recognize her when she was in the, oh, you froze. Sorry, you froze for a second. Can you see me? Yeah, back there. Um, yeah, yeah, go, go, go for it. Uh, yeah, um, it didn't even dawn on me until I saw her in the, like, even in the bed, I was like, oh, wait. And then it came back, and I think I saw like, maybe a photograph or something, then I was like, oh, my God, that's her. And you don't even get mm-hmm. that. And it's only actually, you know what, it's when the nurse arrived the next day and she was being played by the Olivia. nurse. From, yeah, 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 Olivia Williams. <laughs> Williams. Uh, <laughs> then I was like, oh, my God, that's actually the daughter. And I love how they never said what happened. Obviously, there was some accident, probably yeah. car accident, who knows, but they never actually touched on it. And you could just tell, even from Olivia Coleman. Mm. At the beginning, you're like, "Oh, she's dead." I knew by looking at her, I was like, "She's dead." You know? Yeah, yeah. Now, there's really, I mean, like, 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 there's a couple of, like, I mean, um, there's a couple of elements that are kind of like, a, like, a, like, a, like, not quite a horror movie, but kind of like that sort of mystery kind mm. of quality. Like, I mean, yeah. Memento was a good one to like compare to. Like, Memento's a bit more actiony, but like, uh, like, there's other, like, I mean, I was kind of there's quite a lot of um, sort of Roman Polanski films that like are, are kind of told in a, in a kind of a single location kind of a vibe like mm-hmm. that where he's adapted like uh, plays or or if it's not a play that he's adapted he's kind of given it a kind of a theatrical style mm-hmm. and um, I don't already know a film called Repulsion or Rosemary's Baby is probably quite well known like I mean like and they they did stuff like in Rosemary's Baby that are that are kind of similar to this in terms of like you, you know changing the layout of the sets and stuff so that you're kind of disorientated you're kind of the, you're, you're moving with the character through through an apartment or through through a, a room and there's something a little bit different from the last time you've seen it in the film you know and you're but like yeah. you don't quite pick it up but you're like you are you are kind of uh, uh you feel something's not right you know and i think that's yeah. that's it's a really interesting device that it feels like it's a bit more like it's totally unrealistic but it's like mm. it, like that it, it, it's that sort of thing of like the the theatricality is actually really working for the story you know it's yeah like, sort of like that's uh, that that I, I kind of really gravitate to that because like i mean i kind of come from it come from kind of it like a theater background mm-hmm. in terms of starting your career but i'm also i'm I'm actually more of a film fan really i think than a, than yeah. a theater fan so I, I do but i do like when when films 
borrow a bit more from theater you know yeah like i think i think some people are really put off by that and then other people kind of really gravitate towards that you know because it's it's, it's it's just personal taste or preference you know so this one yeah this one kind of did the, the best of both for for, for for me like a like a um it's interesting to say like like one night in my in miami is based on a play and kind of like it, that that felt a little bit like oh yeah, a little bit restricted by the play whereas this yeah. one like the actual form of the of the play i think really like was was used well as a film you know yeah I I, I could be agree with you. I could be agree with you on that. And um, before we move on to the the first place, uh, your diagnosed first place or diagnosed, I think that's the right for you to use that phrase. Yeah. So before we move on to your your first place, uh, what is your standout scenes or standout moments from from the father? Um, I think at the very end actually kind of blew me away. I know it's kind of like it's building towards that, like, but um, like because uh, like it, there's a there's a kind of attention when you're watching it of like how is this going to end? I mean, obviously it's going to be like a, like a like a very sad ending. I shouldn't mean and, and kind of um. You know, because it's about like someone degenerating, like you know, uh, out of themselves. And uh, oh yeah, I was just like I was totally sucked in by by that last moment, like between um, it's, I guess it's between the carer and, and 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 Anthony Hopkins's character, like like because like initially I was like kind of going, oh, this is going a bit too much, like a like a tearjerker thing. It's like oh, he's turned into a little child, like you know, you're kind of going, I said, no, I'm totally fine. That that is that is how how this will 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 ultimately go for. And then just how, I, I mean, again, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's only, you can only only really sort of talk in a pretentious way about it, but it did really transport it. Like, I mean, like, like, like she, she's currently the carer sort of persona, mm. but in a way you kind of feel like as you're watching it, kind of, she's kind of turned into the daughter again, like, cause it's, it's, yeah. she's, she's more intimate with him than, than you seem like, like, like a sort of a, a kind of more, you know, yeah. professional carer, like should be. And I think that was, you know just it's just very simple like it is literally just like you know two people kind of hugging and the camera pans away but it was like wow it's like yeah that 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 really like it really worked you know That's i think sometimes it's like that it's like where you kind of go um you just like you, you, you like you don't need to do anything too flashy with the end of the film because like your, your the whole mood has just been built up so well that like you can just let the actors just do the thing and then just the story do the thing yeah so i just thought that was amazing like you know like and and is it the feeling it gave that it was it gave me like you know that it wasn't necessarily a bleak end and it actually had like a sort of a hope or a comfort to it like you know uh, despite it being kind of close to the end of this guy's life like you, you kind of go well at least he's like you know he's kind of comforted at the end of his life sort of mm-hmm. a thing and and I, yeah that really worked for me so yeah i think i'd, I'd take that i mean those those other there's some other great moments like earlier but that, that 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 i was definitely like i was blown away by the end of it like i think and i think yeah. i don't think again i don't think it's necessarily like I don't think you could watch that scene in, on its own and go, "Oh, this is a brilliant scene," but, but it's just like the cumulative effect of the whole movie ending in that way. Do you know what I mean? I think is what has the impact, you know. So like, like I think that's that's important to remember. You can go, "Oh, I just watch the scene; it'll make you cry." It's like <laughs> it's probably probably won't like. Do you know what I mean? Like, just watching it in isolation, but like it, like like it's just it, it's just a really really elegant kind of ending to that movie, and 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 the cumulative effect of like how long you've gone with. Yep. With, with the character and then and then how simple uh, uh, like f- like you know performance and and, and 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 cinematically it was which is so effective so yeah, yeah I, I, completely, I completely agree with you uh, on that last scene um especially like an incredibly brave performance from anthony hopkins as well considering that like he's at an age where um alzheimer's dementia would be you know a major concern whether he's hopefully he's not affected by it whatsoever but yeah. like when you're at that stage of your life, that that is something you have to worry about, and to be able to tap into that and to do it so 
because I've seen people break down like that. Mm. Uh, like it's always, and I always go to their mother. It's always go to that. And it, it mm. like, it's terrifying. And the fact that he is comfort, like you said, is such a relief. And, um, and I can't remember what was going through my head, but when the beautiful speech that Olivia Coleman, Olivia Williams said at the end, where she has an analogy, I know you, yeah, <laughs> has the analogy of, of going out for a walk and you will be safe and you'll be comforted and we can do it again. We'll do it again until the end, basically. Mm. Like, we'll just repeat it. You'll be happy. You'll be in bliss because you won't know. And I was like, oh, rough, but like beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on the exact same page. And um, no, oh, no, I want to ask you this, even though I feel like this will, this will go into a tangent, but uh, it could be a good tangent. Uh, <laughs> uh, Andy Hopkins, where he, I, this is his sixth nomination. Um, one one, where would just rank high ish for you on his best performance? Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, yeah, we like, uh, like, it's, we didn't really talk about him specifically, like, you know, and I mean, Anthony Hopkins is like an actor that, like, he, he wouldn't be one of my favorite actors, like, do you know what I mean? In terms of like, I, I love watching them in, in a number of things, but I have this to certain actors that I kind of like, you know, that like actors seem to love over, say, writers or directors or whatever, you know, and I think. I think uh, Anthony Hopkins might be more of an actor's actor, if that makes sense. Yes, <laughs> and, I get that. I get that completely. <laughs> and then, um, but 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 having said that, this would be this would be very high up for me in his performances. Like, do you know what I mean? Personally, like um, like uh, like I think I, I think the the thing where because uh, I, I listened to listened to a podcast interview with him there, very good one from like talking about this performance and this uh, his whole career really, um, and. Uh, he sort of by his own admission, like he kind of goes that, like you know, I basically just learn the lines and do the scenes, like do you know what I mean? And that, and I mean, sometimes that 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 really works for him, and then other times it can feel like he's just phoning it in because in some cases maybe he fucking is. It's like you know, the part is not as as that like worth the effort, and the yeah. uh, the movie's not worth the effort. So like, I mean, a lot of his kind of like more Hollywood films, and he hasn't done those sort of ones in a while, but like there was about ten years where. Maybe, maybe you know, not too soon after the the, the Hannibal Lecter stuff, where it's yeah. like, oh Jesus, Anthony Hopkins looks like he's bored in every scene of what he's doing in, in like, say, The Wolfman or something. You know, these sort of things. He probably yeah. was, yeah. But, but like he he when he brings it, like you kind of go, oh fuck, or where the film really justifies his performance, like yeah. he, like he really. I think this is definitely a case of that, like because like I was totally riveted by all his uh, everything. So, and like you mentioned, there was a bit of humor in it and stuff. And I mean, like yeah, there was like. Like this, one of the really interesting things again about the format of it is that, you know, it puts us in his uh, in his uh, POV. You know, the audience that was in the POV, which really helps his performance. But he has to give you a brilliant performance as well. Do you know what I mean? Like to, to back that up, and like like if this film was told kind of chronologically or like more as a straight kind of thing, you you you'd never really know when he was lying or when he was like kind of like you know confused. And this actually makes you confused but then it also makes you like really sure of when he's bluffing the people around him you yes. know because like because yeah. like you, you know that he's confused but he's he's li- like the character yeah. is saying yeah oh, no, everything's fine everything's blah, blah. and it's like that 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 really is is an interesting thing for 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 the for the actor as well like he's kind yeah. of like he's got the he's got the audience way more on his side than he would if this had a different format you know okay. um, I think yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Do, do you know off the top of your head who the who the best actors are? Like the list. Um, oh, like uh, Gary Oldman. Uh, oh, uh, Chadwick Boseman. Um, Stephen Yen, and who was the last Riz one? Ahmed. Is Riz Ahmed in there? Oh yes, and Riz Ahmed. And Riz yeah. Ahmed. 
Yeah, well, to be honest, I, I like. I mean, I haven't seen. I, I would say maybe two or three of those performances, but like, I, I would, I would, I would, I would be very happy if Hopkins won it. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't be a moment to go, ah, oh, just giving it to him because he's he's old and he's yeah. looking like you know might be as one of the last ones. Gone. No, it's definitely it doesn't feel like that. It feels like like if he if he won it, right. like he, he deserved it to win yeah. it, like regardless of age and, and experience and all that sort of crap. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Now we move on to the the first place guaranteed, one hundred percent. Gary Duggan's definite for the Academy Awards for this year. Uh, uh, what is it, Gary? Well, uh, it's the White Tiger. If we're going the down the old top yeah. five, I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, like, uh, I have to have to push it on this show a little bit, like you know, in terms of the like the format <laughs> of your show, because like you know, I find it very hard to 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 pick out like bests. I think it's like whenever you do these kind of like countdowns or you do these things, like it's 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 a safer bet to sort of say favorite rather than best. Yeah. I completely and the only funny thing is, Gary, I completely agree with you. I don't think it's possible. I don't understand how people can do it, how they can yeah. say this was better than other, anything else. The reason I do the podcast and how I do it is because if they are doing it, I might as well try to jump on that, that back and watch movies. Right, I you, know? Yeah. you know, I, I, I genuinely don't understand because I can have someone else on and no mad lad could be number one. Do you know yeah, what I mean? And, and, yeah. Um, you could have me on again and it could be number one. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I am uh, having you on again. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so I, think, I think, yeah, I mean, like, like so White Tiger, like, like as I said there a little bit earlier, like, I think is, 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 um, it, it would probably be my favorite of these five, like more because it like it leans into the kind of sweet spot of the type of movie that I, I would like to 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 either see or make or like experience whatever. It's like it, it it's again I, I I wouldn't. It's very hard to put it over the father or even to put it over like you know what I mean the others as well because yeah. because they're very different movies. Um, and this one I say is leaning more into sweet spot. I think I think because it's like it's partly you know it's it's got it's got a lot of really like strong kind of like social issues and mm. things in it but it, like ultimately it's also kind of a crime drama kind of a yeah. genre film yeah and uh i mean the others the others don't really fit into into genre they're much more straight kind of dramas or like docudramas in in, in the case of like say uh, uh nomadland whereas this one is the only one that actually kind of fits into a kind of a yeah it's kind of a crime drama you know yeah. um and uh that's that's one of my favorite kind of types of movies i think yeah. i would say um but apart from that, it, it's also like brilliantly made. Like, you know what I mean? it's, Absolutely. It's like, and it's it, like it, it's there's there's um, beautifully directed. It's beautifully written. It, like, uh, I'd be interested to read the novel that it's based on. I, I didn't realize that I, I won the Man right, Booker yeah. Prize. Um, yeah, my fun so fact. I ha- yeah, I have uh, the White Tiger nominated Best Adapted Screenplay. The only thing it is, uh, Raman Barini, uh, direct writer and wrote and directed it and produced it, and mm. it's adapted from from the debut novel by Indian author Avid Adiji. Ad- Deja, uh, it was first published. Sorry, I'm terrible these days. Yeah. It was first published in 2008 and won the man, the 40th Man Booker Prize in the same year. Um, it is nominated not for many awards, it is nominated for the Writers Guild of America, but it was, didn't win. And it's uh pending uh, for the BAFTA. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I, it's strange, I, it's strange with the nominations, like because like you kind of got yeah. like like I, I would have thought like you, you know it certainly deserved like the, a directing nomination. I would have thought like as well. Yes. You know, it's like yeah. I mean, it's hard to pick the actors. You kind of got like I think the actors is like the sort of main trio are really really strong, but like uh, like it's 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 kind of they're not quite the sort of performances that seem to get nominated in these type of awards. You know, so it's it's tricky yeah. to kind of pick them out. But, I, I would. 
would put this immediately, like straight away. I think you're dead right putting this number one. Um, I was gonna, I would have been happy with either one, but I'm uh, happier with this one being the favorite because, um, first of all, it is for me out of all the the ones I've seen, I've seen three. This is the third one I've seen, uh, Indian movie that has been nominated. Obviously, I've seen the two best picture one that's Gandhi, which is a British production, but obviously about Gandhi filmed in India and uh, Sundog Millionaire. And this is by far the best movie. Mm. Um, out, out of like straight away across the board, like, and I love the little sly dig it has the Slumdog Millionaire as well. Mm. Uh, when uh, when he kind of uh, when it gets about what uh, into the third act, and he's like, uh, oh, I, I have to give up. What was he says? He's like buying drink, and he's just like, there's no way for slaves to get out of this situation other than whatever. It's like you're not gonna, we're not gonna win a million rubies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, ah, nail it to them, nail it to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, this, this, like it's it, like, yeah, like this, this is this is for me it has the nice balance between, you, you know, between um, being realistic to a degree and then also being like sort of artistic and artful and kind of a little bit more structured and kind of dramatic. Do you know what I mean? In a way, like, um, I mean, and again, if, if you want something that's that's more realistic than this, then Nomadland has definitely got the the edge in that way. But again, this kind of has some of the aspects of that because it does it does it doesn't shy away from talking about like you know the culture and the, the country and the the people and all that like so it's, it's dealing with like you know quite quite full on reality in terms of the subject matter, but then it's kind of done more in the style of something that's a bit more a bit more dramatized and a bit more stylized, um, and it, uh, personally that 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 kind of appeals to me a little bit more. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I think yeah, it was good. like like it hooks you, it hooks you in, in like in a very sort of clear way. It, like it makes you like. I mean, it, Slumdog is like I heard a lot of people comparing to Slumdog. Like you know, before I'd watched it, and I and I actually completely forgot that people are referencing Slumdog as a as a, as a kind of a comparison. Like, but it, that's totally valid. The film that I kind of came away with thinking about afterwards was like uh, Talented Mr. Ripley, which I thought was like like there's like sort of story wise, it kind of has a lot in common with with this you know in, in that it's like it's it, it's it's its main character is is someone who's kind of envious and kind of like trying to to, mm. to 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 get out of the situation they're in by kind of you know adopting the the the, the, the sort of more wealthy people that he's in contact with you know and and and, and it's it puts the audience again in a weird position because like the character does the, the lead character does some fairly horrible things and in a way is kind of a horrible person in a way ultimately you're kind of you're super sympathetic with him for 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 most of the runtime i think there's a little bit like that like that's what i kind of think in in terms of talent mr ripley because it's your main character and the narrator as well they're telling you their their emotions and their plight and where they're coming from and what their dreams are you kind of connect with them in 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 a really potent way so then when they do something absolutely horrible or to do something that you go oh fuck me he's really over overstepped over a line there you're so far connected with the character that you're in a weird situation as an audience member, which I think is great. Like where you're, you're kind of going, Oh, I don't really like this character anymore, but I'm in with him now and I need to kind of follow it yeah. through. You know, I think that that's, that's also a, like, a bit like what was talking to father as well. It's brilliant when I really enjoy that as a, as a, as a viewer, like when you're, when you're, you're, you're kind of sucked into something uh, like, and you, and you feel like you're, 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 you're engaged with the character, like in a real visceral way, you know, whether it's, mm-hmm. You're scared for them or you're kind of like shocked by them or you're kind of feeling for them you know i think you know it's difficult to do but when it when it when 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 a film does that that's the one you really you really kind of like like latch onto and probably want to revisit you know 
Yeah, one hundred percent. And especially what you're saying about uh, him being a bastard, because at least with the with narrator, we get to see that he has a bit of a moral compass where he says he mm. feels bad about doing this stuff or whatever, but he still has to do it. And you're so right; like everything is everything he does. The only t- the only time I'm a bit like that is too far. Uh, it's not when he kills your man. Uh, but when he gets the, the other driver sacked. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, but I wasn't even um, against him when he killed the guy. I was against him when he got the the, the first driver sacked um, for being yeah. Muslim. I was like, oh, that's such yeah, a low blow yeah. because that's that's completely something out of his control. That's like, he's not yeah. he's not being a bad guy. He's just finding opportunity. Hmm. And also, he's, he's also telling the whoever, the Chinese... Uh, whatever he is coming over like that he killed someone and all the horrible things he's done do you know I'm kind of like okay that's a, that's an interesting way to go about it that's kind of balanced though with like because this thing this thing with the, with the why, why you're engaged with it, it is balanced by just how unfair the system is like do you know what I mean that like yeah. you, you know like like uh, you call them like what you call them a slave right there I think you just like, oh the, the servant and master kind of a kind of a mm-hmm. cast and all this sort of stuff so like the situation he's in is ridiculously awful and unfair. Like you know, you're just born into into poverty and you're going to be abused, and and you're kind of almost settling with that. You're kind of used to that. You're brought up to kind of be, you know, the person who just like yeah, take gets shoved around in, uh, in a servant role and like is is grateful to have any kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 support or contact from from the wealthy. You know, so so his situation makes you sympathise with him, um, but then. Yeah, like so, so, so you kind of go, that's why you partly go a long way with him because you're kind of going, oh, well, he's desperate, you know, or he's, he's, he's underprivileged or he's, you know, all this sort of stuff. But then it's just, it, it really messes with your, uh, your, 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 um, your sympathy with him, you know, by that. I think it's, you know, again, like I mentioned the time of Mr. Ripley again, because I just cut like, like something like it, I think it was kind of, because it's kind of like the trio, it's like this sort of wealthy, wealthy son who is who is who, who who the main character is driving around you know and, and this guy is he's not really a bad guy he's just like hyper privileged and he actually is kind of aware of how privileged he is a lot of time but then you know that privilege kind of takes over at a certain point and and, and like he has to just he just sticks with it and then that's when you're you're, you're kind of going oh well, i kind of like him as well up until a point and then you're like kind yeah. of going ah fuck him as well he's he's yeah he's, entirely he's, yeah he's, 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 he's probably he's, he's probably even the worst too. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Um, Same with the with the with the the the, the wife or the girlfriend who's the other sort of trio, the other part of the trio. Pinky, the character's name is like. I mean, she's she's very sympathetic to a point, and then and then you know she kind of like drops a minute, like a, a certain point, and you're kind of going, "Oh, fuck her too." <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. It's like it's, like, it's really it, like it's it, it it's one of those great films that just like as I say the crime sort of genre film where you're kind of like. No one's really good, but, but like yeah. you, you have this, each of them have your sympathies and your 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 morality is really messed with, like as a as a as a viewer and as a as a as a kind of participant in the story. And I think that, that they're really satisfying kind of movies and sort of movies that like you like to kind of revisit and kind of come back to. You know, I mean, yeah. of the five movies that 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 we're talking about, like this is the one I I would I would instantly kind of go, oh yeah, I'll watch that again more than once. Like you know, what I mean, it's like, yeah, it, yeah. um. I would, like I'd, I'd happily watch that, like you, you know, kind of on on a regular basis in a way. You know what I mean? Uh, um, I think again, it's partly partly the genre and partly the kind of like the 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 artistry of how it's made. You know, mm. um, and I also love how he's between a rock and a hard place the entire film because his family around him to send money. Um, his his work life is obviously awful as well, but he feels like he's 
meant to be their slave as he as he explains that he's a chicken uh, mm. sorry the rooster the rooster in the cage and then he comes to the point where he just sacrifices his family and it, and then he would have gone too far if he sacrificed his nephew as well mm. but then he just he just i guess he went too far anyway because he allowed his family to be murdered like you know but yeah, like I, which I, I, I guess it's, too far. it's such a crazy crazy kind of way where the story goes and i, I kind of was like uh, it, 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 it was there. There was the, there's a bit of ambiguity though, that isn't there? Or like, because like it's it, because it's told from his point of view. You're 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 not quite sure that everything you're seeing is is that his imagination or is that actually the truth of what's what's happened? You know, he has that unreliable narrator kind of vibe. So they, like, I mean, yeah, yeah, he, like he definitely he definitely is is doing that. But then you actually got, it, did that actually happen? That it was like was followed through? That actually I don't know. I mean, just there's, there's a couple of little. Again, in, in in the way it's, the film is made, that you kind of you, you, it gives you a little little bit of uh, ambiguity in certain places yeah. that are that are that are that that allow you to keep going with it with the yeah. <laughs> with the character. Yeah, um, yeah this but this yeah. director as well. Like uh, like like uh, this is another person that like Raman Barani. Like uh, like uh, yeah. I, I I didn't know his name as the director. Like and I, I was looking him up after after I'd watched the film and I read kind of pedigree as well. Um, he did uh, um, a movie like from about 15, 16 years ago called Man Push Cart, which was kind of talked about quite mm. a lot and sort of Sundance kind of favorite low budget movie. And then he did a, he's done a couple more since. So it's not, he, he he's a fair bit into his career, this guy. And um, yeah. he did a film a couple of years ago called 99 Homes. I don't know whether you've ever heard that. It's got Andrew Garfield and uh, Michael oh. Shannon in it. And it's a, it's a pretty good movie as well. Like I, I was amazed that this was the same director. Like that's that's kind of about the, like the, the the recession kicking in, and it's got a really kind of brutal kind of a, um, a brutal kind of vibe of like this guy is like loses his home, and then he gets a job kicking other people out of their homes. <laughs> you know, so oh. it's, it's again got this kind of very uh, 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 conflicted kind of lead character, you know, and um, mm. uh, Michael Shannon's character in that one is like uh, it's like it's kind of a Gordon Gecko sort of a character, like yeah. like so it's got a sort of a Wall Street vibe of like. You're, you're getting the lead character is getting seduced by the devil, but then it's like this is what his options are, you know. Um, yeah. So I'll definitely remember the director's name again now after after that and uh, White Tiger. We're very interested to see what what he does next, you know. And um, especially after getting the nomination as well, that's going to be huge yeah. for his career. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, you know, it's, it's 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 like a, it's such a good collection of movies, really. Like you know, in this category, and then I think as I like, I haven't seen all the other films that are nominated for other other uh, awards, but I, I feel like it's a very very strong year for the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Like you know, because of mm-hmm. that, you know, because of the, the whole pandemic thing, kind of knocking them a little bit off what they would normally Absolutely. normally uh, get. You know. Yeah, but before we finish up, uh, what is your do you have a standout scene from uh, the White the White Tiger? Oh man. Um oh well, I did have a standout scene for this one specifically. Yeah, yeah. Like so it's kind of like halfway through, like when 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 like the accident happens and, and then afterwards he's kind of uh basically bullied into signing a confession. Yeah. And I was just like, whoa. Like again, that's another one of like your sympathy goes for him because he's like, fuck these rich people basically using yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. so like all the, the bad things that he do he does are actually you know, they're not justified as such, but they are also balanced but like how hard done by he is so in that scene like he's, he's basically like he's done like he has done something dodgy but at the same time he, he's definitely not the worst person in the situation and then he's basically like sort of hung out to dry by the the, the, the wealthy family basically saying right you're going to take the blame for something that you didn't do and uh you're going to happily sign it off with basically buy it off to, to basically ruin your entire life and uh 
it, it, it it's it's played in, in quite a subtle way like it's just like this is the way it is you come in do this sign this blah 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 and it's like uh you're just seeing the change in the character like so vividly like where he's kind of coming in and thinking, going oh i've been a good guy and I've, I've i've helped my master and now he's like totally been fucked over yeah <laughs> in like one scene in one room in like you know two minutes and it's like i was right that was the most powerful memorable scene of it you know yeah uh, mine would be the kind of reverse of that when he's just back to being normal and they come in and tell him that no one's looking for him and he puts his head against the, his master's knee and he's like so happy oh, and then he kicks him away. Yeah. Bastard. Fucking hate the rich. I send yeah. this to all my social friends and be like, watch this. It's like made for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Gary, yeah, so your pick for the Oscars is is the White Knight. White, I keep saying the White Knight. White the White Tiger. Tiger. White mm. Tiger. It's a great show. It'll be my pick as well, After even though I just watched it today. Um, we're finishing up quickly. But if you, what of all time, what is your favorite uh, adapted screenplay winner? Um, okay, well, I'm going to give you like the top three of that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Um, that's fair. In no particular like, order. Just, I was going to say, like the best adapted screenplay. I had a look at these, like in terms of like what what won it over the years, like and and it, and it, a bit like we were talking about earlier with the best uh, supporting actors, like best adapted screenplay is actually a really like good like barometer of of films, you know, like because sometimes like the best picture or the, like you know or the best director, like does does seems like just political reasons or there's or there's like yeah. you know kind of like oh well that that issue was popular, let's give that award, and yeah. like it, it's very hard to stand over the best pictures i find of the whole um the whole history of the oscars but almost like a very very high percentage of the best adapted screenplays throughout the years are still regarded as classics you'd still watch them and go oh, that's a brilliant film I like that deserves more so it was, a, it was an embarrassment the riches of this um some of my favorite films have won this award so uh, like uh the top ones that i would i would i would throw out here are like mid french connection uh dangerous liaison the social network is not on that list. Oh, do, you want to, do you want to do you want to read them again? Yeah. <laughs> Immediately you went frozen after you said. So, <laughs> I was going to say like that. When it's sort of top, I've got top four of like my favorite films to have won this award, and uh, they would be um, Midnight Cowboy, um, French Connection, uh, Dangerous Liaisons, and The Social Network. Uh, it's probably the most recent one on there. Yes. Um, if it was the pick, I mean, you know, I can't really necessarily pick just one. I mean, it's, it's Dangerous Liaisons is interesting just because um, that's also Christopher Hampton who was nominated uh, oh. with the with the uh, Deaf Father. He's the, oh, yeah. he's the sort of English playwright who adapted uh, adapted uh, the Father into English and yeah. and, and co co wrote the, the film. Um, and uh, Dangerous Liaisons thing is brilliant. It's based on a it's based on a play that was written by Christopher Hampton, but that in itself was adapted from a, a, a novel from like about yeah. two hundred years before that. Yeah. So that's that's a great one, and I think that's also again I've seen that the play on stage uh, a couple of times, and then I've seen the film, and then like the film is just like just owns it, you know, in yeah, terms yeah, of the yeah. cast and even in terms of some of the slight differences from the play. Um, which 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 really help. Um, so that's brilliant. Uh, Social Network probably probably uh, probably good one to say because it's the most recent one, and I think that was the last time I was actually really invested in the Oscars. I think which is like it's unbelievably like about ten or eleven years ago, and that was yeah. that was probably the time when I went. Fuck if the Social Network doesn't win everything that it's nominated for, I'm, I'm <laughs> done with the Oscars. And then <laughs> it didn't really. Yeah. Um, but but it did win best adapted screenplay, and I think that was that was great because it, that was such a good good movie, and yeah. uh, and it was 
it was uh, like very much down to the script, you know. Like, it could have been like I mean, it's time. Is that, that Aaron Sorkin? Out. It's Aaron Sorkin, yeah. yeah but yeah. it's time it came out. Like it was a bit of a joke at the start. Like when people, were, oh, there's a film about Facebook. That's going to be fucking boring. I don't know how how is that going to be a good movie if it's about Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> And it was just, it's just so amazingly written that like it makes you, it makes you care. It makes you like kind of like be excited by it, you know, like it's engaged yeah. by the, by the what's, what's going on. And that's, that's, I think that's a real feat considering it's quite, it's quite a boring yeah. subject in a way. Yeah, and absolutely. Like, oh, no, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant movie. And I'm, um, um, you know, Cowboy, yeah. I always say Cowboy like a cabin man. I don't know why. Midnight, Midnight Cowboy and the French Connection are both featured on um, episode, what are we on now? I think it's episode 50. Yeah, episode fifteen, which won't be out until after this episode is shown. Anyway, it'll be released in a couple oh, of weeks. Oh, I'll have a listen to that. Yeah, uh, with Ross Gaynor. So, and he ranks them uh, along with Patton and The Godfather. Right. So he so, got a good. That's a good episode. That he got. That's there. a great. This <laughs> this week, this week, which is currently happening, is is my, was my I think my favorite. Like the seventies, my favorite. It's Rocky, uh, Rocky, Annie Hall, and The Deer Hunter. Oh, okay. Well, I prefer yeah. the other one at Ross there now. I think yeah. I like, like oh, uh, this decade mid- is amazing. But yeah. Midnight Cowboy French Connection are, are definitely top 10 movies of all time for me. Um, and I think, uh, like, French Connection is probably not like a, it's a bizarre one for the for the for best adapted uh, uh screenplay, but as a movie, I love it. And then Midnight Cowboy, I think, is a brilliant adaptation. I remember we actually studied that in college as a as a as a as a as something that was like. Uh, like you know, how do you take a book that's this complicated and, and and then basically make this movie? You know, I think it's, I think it's a fascinating movie, and I think it's absolutely yeah. I think it really really holds up um, as a film today still because it's just so potent yes, and, and so interesting really and different in in the way it's structured as well. Like yeah. you, like you kind of yeah. So yeah, there you go, hundred percent. Anyway, Gary, thank you so much for joining us here um, for the first recorded. I don't know, it'll be the first release for the adapted screenplays for uh, the best for the Oscars for 2021. Uh, do you want to give a shout out on your socials where people can find you, or do you want to rena- remain a, an anonymous writer? Yeah, I'm kind of uh, on Instagram, I guess. Yeah, um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on, I'm on Twitter, but I wouldn't be, I'm not a big Twitter person. So Instagram's probably a good one. I think I'm Gary Duggan 99 on Instagram. That's probably where to look. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll be uh in the show notes anyway uh below so you can check it out there and everything time coded well i don't know why i'm telling you that now because you'll have listened to the whole episode um but uh you can find all my stuff my socials are um at joe your own joe your own way on instagram uh at acting joe on twitter uh the show is joe talks pod on twitter and instagram and if you want to contact it's joe talks pod at gmail.com and also check out my short films on my youtube channel by searching joe o'neill uh gary's just about to subscribe to it now and uh you can watch all <laughs> watch all my short films and rank them from your least favorite to your most favorite but thanks so much um for joining us here as i said before and wherever you are i hope you're enjoying films and i hope it's a good oscar year see you later bye